BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is Speedball Mike Bailey. You're listening to Keeping It Strong Style. Yes. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Barrio the Frost. From Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is the network where we can get it done. I'm a chiller. And let them have it Cause this is just an intro Keeping the strong style Six stars from the get-go, boy Yeah, from Tampa Bay to the Tokyo Dome This is Keeping It Strong Style With your host, Jeremy Donovan And the young boy, Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style The Ace of Podcasts on the Social Suplex Podcast Network Jeremy Donovan here with the Discord Daddy MJ. On today's show, we will review Destruction and Ria Goku and cover all this news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Please support our show by subscribing and following the Social Suplex Podcast Network or keeping a strong style on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the network's podcasts over at socialsuplex.com. Check out our Pro Wrestling Tea store, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Social Suplex. That's where you can get your official Keeping It Strong Style t-shirt. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider making a one-time or monthly donation by visiting SocialSuplex.com slash donate and clicking on the donate button under the Keeping It Strong Style logo. This week's episode is brought to you by the NJPWEXT, the only Browser extension for njpwworld.com, frequently updated and with features like dark mode, improved translations and layouts, custom and shared playlists, synchronized viewing parties, and much, much more. It takes NJPW World to the next level. You can visit njpwext.us today for details. MJ, how are you doing, man? The destruction daddy is back. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm thankful. Uh, I'm thankful to be here. It is Thanksgiving in Canada, and uh, you know, just just thankful, uh, thankful to be here and sharing it with uh, you and the uh, Social Suplex Network. 
Yeah, thankful to have you. Uh, young boy is out on vacation this week. Um, you know, this, this hot, evil, and Sonata main event. Uh, I know he he wanted to be here so bad, but he's out on vacation. So, yeah, MJ, I'm thankful that you are here to uh, talk about this uh, lovely main event. Yeah, you bet. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. uh, before we jump into that, you, you mentioned it's uh, Thanksgiving in Canada. Is is it anything like Thanksgiving here in the United States? So, yeah, I would say somewhat. I would say less parades, less football, um, but we do do a big spread. Um, you know, you do the turkey, you do the ham, you do the fixins and all that type, uh, type of stuff. And, uh, and you take a long, you take a nice long weekend, but no, I, I'd say I work with a lot of folks, um, in the U S and, uh, I know it's, it starts early, uh, Thanksgiving in the U S and I love Thanksgiving so much that I also celebrate what I call American Thanksgiving as well. So I'd like to, uh, I like to bust out a spread uh, in November as well and, uh, and uh, enjoy the, the Macy's parade and all the good football that comes with it. Man. So double Turkey for you, huh? <laughs> yeah. What's Hey, there's nothing stopping uh, you guys from celebrating Canadian Thanksgiving here uh, in early October. Oh, I'm gonna have to put that on the calendar next year. Maybe that's what Young Boy's doing. He he's off uh, celebrating Canadian Thanksgiving. Didn't want to give the four one one, but maybe that's what I'll do next year. Well, uh, MJ, we got a uh, big destruction in Ria Goku uh, show to talk about here today on the show. Uh, but first, um, the the tour was affected by the flu. We had uh, several wrestlers that were um, that came down with the flu. Had some really bad symptoms. Some of them pulled uh, from some of the house show tours, uh, some of the last shows on the tour, and uh, Destruction and Rhea Goku. So Hikaleo, Gabriel Kidd, Alex Coughlin, Leo Rush, and Kevin Knight were the ones uh, reported well, with the flu. Uh, Leo Rush, the only one that was not recovered in time to wrestle on Rhea Goku. So he was pulled uh, from the remaining of the tour, pulled from the, the triple threat, uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Title Match, and that kind of played out on the the last Road Two show. Which yes, we did we did mess up last week. We thought the Corkins uh, were the the go home show, but they did air one more <laughs> Road Two show on October seventh. Man, I I can't keep track of <laughs> all these uh, Road to Destruction shows. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it sounds like that bug was was pretty nasty, and uh, and it had people uh, you know. Losing a lot of fluids, let's uh, we'll say it politely, um, and uh, yeah, really unfortunate that uh, that Leo had to miss the card. But uh, seems like everybody else made it back, and uh, it didn't seem too worse for wear um, on the destruction card. Yeah, a lot of the people who uh, came down with the flu, they looked they looked pretty good on, on Ria Goku. Um, so yeah, we'll get to some of those guys' performances. Uh, but real quick, I'll just go over the results of the October seventh show. Uh, we don't have to go into an in-depth review on this one. Uh, so we had Oleg Bolton uh, defeating Yuto Nakashima in the opener. We had the United Empire team of Callum Newman, Great Okan, and Hinare defeating Toriano, Yoshihashi, and Oscar Lube. We had a match number six in the best of seven series between Strong Style and Team Nagata. And Strong Style won this matchup uh, 10 minutes and 47 seconds, which put them up to 3-2-1. Uh, 
which was the scenario I had laid out. And Josh was like, no, there's no way they're, they're going to do that. They're, they're gonna, they would, you know, potentially leave a tie on the table <laughs> for this best of seven. But I don't know. I had a sneaky feeling they were going to do something like this. Yeah, I uh, I also didn't think that was a uh, was a realistic scenario. I thought you'd you'd get a definitive winner, but uh, but yeah, it looks like uh, I guess spoiler alert, uh, <laughs> the tie <laughs> is on the table uh, for later on uh, later on in the show. But uh, I thought this the first couple matches. If I can just lay some comments down, yeah, um, you know. Really happy to see Young Lions back. Um, I I don't know. I love Young Lion matches. Um, Bolton got to break out a, a new finisher. I don't know if he's used that before. I haven't seen it anyway. That uh, the uh, it's almost like the the you can't escape from uh, from Kenny Omega. He does yeah, that, that, that kind of that finish barrel roll kind of Samoan drop type maneuver. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was uh, that was pretty cool. Um, United Empire Chaos, nothing big there, uh, but uh, great. To, I would say great exchanges between uh, Nagata and Suzuki. Love when those two guys get together, and uh, they were uh, you know they know how to entertain a crowd, whether it's in front of uh, Ryu Goku or uh, or Korokin or or one of these smaller places, smaller venues, anyway. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Suzuki and Nagata, such pros, such uh, legends, great guys to have out here on this tour. And teaming with some of the young guys, kind of dropping some wisdom and knowledge on those guys. But yeah, that was a fun uh, six-man match there with uh, Strong Stock in the wind. Suzuki getting that big uh, gotch pile driver on Nagata. So uh, after that, we had uh, G.O.D., E.L.P., Jado, Tamatanga, and Tangaloa teaming up with Kushida to defeat the Bullet Club team of Chase Owens, Clark Connors, David Finley, Drilla, Maloney, and Gato. Uh, so a match there that was kind of previewing the, the never open weight uh, title match, the strong open weight tag team match, and the junior tag team title match. I thought uh, I thought I was having deja vu for a second, where uh, <laughs> the finish was the exact same from uh, <laughs> from a couple of core kids ago, uh, where you know Finley and Finley and Tama get into it. Tama's getting the best of them. Finley ducks out and leaves poor uh, poor Gato to to catch a stun gun. <laughs> yeah, man, you got to think at some point, like who who's making the call to put Gato in on, on the team. Like <laughs> we've we've seen, you know, several bull club leaders now um, under under the Gato kind of regime as Gato is a heel mander, and, and they, they still stick Gato in there in the multi man, and just just not learning. <laughs> it's got he's got it in the contract. <laughs> he's got a he's got an appearance fee. Uh, after that, we had uh, the House of Torture, Evil Show, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, and Yujiro Takahashi. Defeating Doki, Sonata, Taichi, and Taka Michinoku of just five guys. Uh, so House of Torture were really building up a, a lot of momentum on this tour. And pretty much that was a story they were telling that, you know, Evil was kind of running rough shot on Sonata. They had the, the fake t-shirts. He had the belt the whole tour. Um, so it was, they were pretty, pretty much kind of, I think, playing the heavy hand of like, all right, this guy is is clearly champion, but he's not going to walk out as a champion. Yeah. You, you had Taka and Yujiro getting us really fired up for the lumberjack. <laughs> um, you, know, you know, poor Taka got a little choppy choppy on his pee pee. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but you know what I will say, I will say in this match, Sonata looked 
he looked spry, man. He looked super athletic. He looked into it. He hit a couple like really nice drop kicks. He did that kip up, tore his shirt off. Probably listened to uh, the review from the previous Destruction Tour. Heard my advice and started uh, started firing up for me. So uh, kudos to Sonata for for showing a bit of fire in this match. Yeah, and you know the inner ring is never really the issue with Sonata. Like the guy's super athletic; he can go. Like you mentioned, sometimes just kind of getting that fire, getting that motivation. We did see, we saw a little bit of that here um, in this match. Would have loved to have seen it more throughout the tour. Uh, but I guess better better uh, late than never, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, then the main event, we had a 10-man uh, tag elimination match with Kazuchika Okada, Tomohiro Ishii, Yo, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Risuke Noguchi defeating the LIJ team of Bushi, Hiromu, Shingo, Naito, and Yota Suji. Kind of the big talking point coming out of this match was uh, Yo pinning Hiromu Takahashi uh, the current junior heavyweight champion, and also that was to uh, help set up the situation. We we'll mentioned Leo Rush having the flu; he had to be pulled from the tour. So initially, uh, Yo, you know, he got the promo saying that he was going to challenge the winner of the the three way. But then we would find out the next day at the press conference that uh, Leo Rush was uh, officially pulled from the title match and. His tag team partner, Yo, would uh, fill in for his place. Yeah, very nice of, of Leo Rush to donate his spot to uh, to Yo. Um, you said uh, you said Taguchi was in this match. I thought it was Mike Bailey. <laughs> That's right. Another uh, talking point, uh, Taguchi uh, pretending to be Mike Bailey <laughs> for some reason. Uh, you know, doing the, uh, the Mike Bailey bow to a lot of these guys at the beginning of the match. Uh, Ishii was having none of it. Like, everybody else kind of played along. <laughs> Ishii was like, bro, like, enough of the cosplay. Uh, I'm here to drop some brain busters. Get out the way. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't shaking Taguchi's hand. Yeah, he was having none of that. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought this match was a little, little out of place, but I guess you can't have, like, the Motor City Machine Guns and Josh Alexander in a multi-man before having a multi-man. So, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I think this one we got our first looks at Suji versus Okada, Suji versus Tanahashi, which I thought were were a couple of interesting uh, uh, exchanges there. So, um, it, like Suji or yeah, Suji is is he the most over guy in the company right now? Like that Bro, that place was hot for him. It seems like at every city they go in, this guy is getting huge reactions, and that kind of goes back to what I was saying a couple of weeks ago. It's like I get it. We don't. You don't always want to push guys super hard. You don't want to always give them the Okada push. But there are certain guys who need to get the Okada push. They need the rocket strapped on them. Uh, you know, I feel right now all across the pro wrestling landscape, uh, there's just not that that one really hot guy that's the world champion right now. Um, and yeah. I feel like Yoda Suji, he has the the in ring, the look, the the fanfare. Like he's super over he's getting these monster reactions um to me like it, it's great this guy screams world champion to me yeah he does um and you know he looks great against he looks great against the guys he needs to he's already shown us that he can he can put a five-star match on the table and um and he has that connection with the crowds like we were saying the last time we were together um he just he does the intangibles and he does the tangibles so um you know i i said I was the one that says, you know, don't, don't rush it. But, uh, you know, 
he keeps popping houses like this. I, I think it's undeniable. But uh, you know, this was a this was a pretty fun match. Um, I so I had no idea that this was an elimination match because I was watching this match while I was on a treadmill and uh, I was running. Um, and I usually run to music and I'll throw on. Typically, I'll throw on like an old um, like old G1 match or an old Tokyo Dome match. Um, that's you know. 30 minutes plus to get me through my run but i threw this was this was new so i threw it on i was like you know what it's japanese commentary anyway i don't you know i'm not going to understand much uh in the first place so i threw it on and i had no idea what was happening uh when guys were you know getting eliminated and like all this stuff so i had to uh, actually rewatched it um uh, before we hopped on and i was like oh this is an elimination <laughs> i get it now i get it yeah, I mean, I had no idea this show was even happening <laughs> until I woke up Sunday morning and I started seeing like all these results. I was like, I thought I thought the Corkins were the go home. Uh, so yeah, I saw all this stuff happening. I was like, oh yeah, guess guess there was this show was happening. Yeah, oh it's the elimination match. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, good uh, go home uh, match there. Yeah, it was really fun. I thought it was great, and then uh, and then you saw Yo getting the pin on uh, on Hiromu. Yeah, the crowd kind of loved that, and so we mentioned, yeah, Yo uh, filling in for Leo Rush, so they had the press conference the following day, um, the main focus was just going to be uh, Finley and Tamatonga and Evil and Sonata, but Hiromi showed up, you know, kind of asking, you know, why, there's no focus on the junior championship, and that's when Yo kind of crashed a press conference, announced that Leo is sick, and that he was taking his spot in the three-way match. Um, and then, of course, you know, we had the, the heated exchange of words between Evil and Sonata and Tamatonga and David Finley to kind of set the, the final stage for Ryogoku. So that will take us to uh, Ryogoku. This happened this morning, October 9th. Um, I was a, a true uh, Shinihan sicko. I got up uh, at 3.30 uh, this morning, Eastern Time, to watch this show Live to make sure I, I had it watched before we recorded tonight. You are, you are a psycho. You, are a psycho you know what? Today was an holiday. It had been a tough slog for me to get to get through uh, five hours and twelve minutes runtime of uh, of destruction in Ryu Goku. So, uh, kudos to you for being a true a true freak. Yeah, I, I don't always do it, uh, but I was like. I'm probably not going to have much time to to watch this show, kind of get my thoughts, notes, news, get the rundown, everything ready. I was like, might as well, you know, jump in, get up, get up early, and uh, watch the whole thing and pay for it later. <laughs> they uh, they don't typically hey, do these pay-per-views on uh, or big shows on, on a Monday, do they? That seems Not all the time. There, there was also a, a holiday in Japan. I think it was a bank holiday. So normally when there are those uh, Monday holidays in Japan, New Japan will capitalize. I think there's a lot of promotion, Japanese promotions. I thought I think there was a stardom show that ran today. Right. Um, I think there was a Noah show also. So a lot of Japanese promotions will uh, kind of capitalize on the bank holiday, everybody being off and, and try to run a show. Right, right. Uh, and this show uh, opened up. The pre-show started uh, 3.30 a.m. Eastern time with this uh, new kind of concept they're doing called the Frontier Zone, which is going to give opportunities to young up-and-coming guys, independent guys, guys from other promotions to kind of get a spotlight here in New Japan. Um, 
who knows, maybe it could lead to potential signings, them getting more dates in the future. You know, a lot of these guys are juniors, uh, potential, you know, best of the super junior spots. We've got, we got super junior tag league coming up. So it seems like this is going to be a, a new kind of thing they're going to be doing going forward where they kind of do these multi-mans and, and give guys um, an opportunity to kind of spotlight themselves. Yeah, this is uh, it's pretty cool. And the guys, we saw some of these guys from the Freedoms promotion um, at the Independence Day shows. Um, so a couple of them got uh, got to come back. the The kid with the with the bunny rabbit was there, and uh, yeah. <laughs> a couple guys from DDT. So uh, yeah, they, I thought they I thought those guys looked uh, looked pretty good, and I'm I'm interested in the concept for sure. Yeah. So the match was uh, Toriano Yoshihashi. Oscar Lube, Risuke Taguchi, and Tiger Mask defeating June Masaoka, Kazumi Sumi, Kengo, Takahiro Katori, and Takeshi Masada. Um, and we had a question here from Rambone Slam Pig. What did you think of the Frontier Zone pre-show match? I like the idea and hope to see more of them. I could do without Taguchi's ass featuring in the next one, though. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't we all? <laughs> um, I thought... Uh... So I think it's Takeshi. He's the the twenty four seven heavy metal champion. That guy. Yeah. That guy looks like money. So he he actually looks a lot like um, um, Takeshita. Um, yeah. Like same same build, sort of like that long hair. Um, yeah. That guy looks like money. Um, so really, really interested to see what he does. I don't catch a lot of DDT. I try to catch their big shows, the Peter Pan and whatnot. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know a ton of their, uh, ton of their players. So, um, so it was, it's nice to see them. Yeah. It's really hard to uh, keep up with all the Japanese promotions, especially DDT, but yeah, he did look really good. And, um, you know, they had the whole thing, you know, his, since his title is 24 seven, you know, after the match, people were, were trying to pin him and win the, the 24-7 title. So uh, that was a fun little addition. So, yeah, I, I like the concept. Oh, so unprofessional here. Trying to pull up this review and my phone is just going off. Um, but, yeah, I, I like the concept. Uh, I thought it was good. Um, I think that it, it would be nice if maybe there were less guys in the match to really kind of spotlight them. Um, cause especially, you know, it's like a 10 man tag and you're not, re- not really familiar with the guys. It's kind of hard to kind of keep up with who is who and who's looking good and what the names are. Uh, but besides that, yeah, I thought it was good. And yes, I could do without, uh, the Gucci, uh, shoving a, a stuffed, uh, bunny up his butt. Yeah. A little blood feud with, uh, Taguchi and, uh, I think it's Katori. I think that's the guy. Yeah. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I know it's not Kengo because Kengo's the guy that looks like Jin uh, Jin Kasai. <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah. So fun uh, opening pre-show match. Like the concept. Like I said, I would like to see it. Yeah. If we got more, maybe it was more of like a six-man tag or maybe a tag team matchup. Just kind of get a better idea who some of these guys are and to really kind of get a hold of them. So then, uh, following that, the main card opened up with the six-man match where we were promised the new member of Just Five Guys. So it was Doki Taichi and the returning Heat Storm Yuya Uemura back from Excursion, back from the United States, joining Just Five Guys. They teamed up and defeated Show. 
Yoshinobu Kanemaru and Yujiro Takahashi, seven minutes and 57 seconds. Crowd was excited. Um, and I, you know, it was, it was really nice to see Iwamura get, uh, emotional coming back. You know, you, you could tell that he was, he was overjoyed and, and overwhelmed by, uh, by the emotion getting back in that new Japan ring and hearing the crowd. So I felt, uh, I felt really good for him and, uh, you know, he, uh, he's got some cool music, you know, he got the, he got the big W he hit that, uh, that dead i think it's a deadbolt uh suplex uh, yeah. is what it's called um which is a yeah cool move i like that but uh yeah it seemed odd he didn't have he didn't have the gear yet he didn't have <laughs> the magic gear yet yeah no nobody uh, filled him in that the <laughs> the just five guys colors are like black gold and silver he comes out here this you know bright red white silver you know that the heat storm logo and gear <laughs> yeah he hadn't been keeping up with the promotion Right, yeah, you know, busy on those impact dates, uh, you know, teaming up with uh, Joe Hendry keep, kept him pretty busy. Um, so yeah, but besides that, yeah, he, he looked great. Uh, man, he really looks like a young Tanahashi, uh, especially when his hair was uh, pulled up, kind of back in the ponytail bun kind of gimmick. Uh, young Tanahashi, he came out there with those great arm drags, like a rookie dragon steamboat-like arm drags, beautiful crossbody, kind of similar to rookie dragon steamboat, Steamboat, so really smooth, really fluid. Um, and, you know, a lot of people have been kind of pointing to you are more kind of being the guy who could be the ace. And I mean, he had the looks, the moves. He looked really good here. Yeah, you know, I think he looks like money. He's he's got all the skills. Uh, I have a couple of concerns about his about the charisma and his ability to talk. Um. Hopefully that's something that he can work out in just five guys, but he's being around, you know, hopefully he's learning from, from Taka and Tai Chi, the guys that do have a ton of charisma and not, uh, not, uh, you know, the Sonata who has his own charisma, which I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna continue knocking, but I would, uh, I would like to see, um, some, some unique charisma that is, that is you Amora's. Uh, own personality a little bit a little bit more in the future here yeah i I think as time goes on he'll kind of like figure out what this whole whole heat storm persona is supposed to be and kind of uh grab that by the horn but besides that yeah i thought he looked really good here like you mentioned he used the the deadbolt which is a a double overhook uh belly to belly of a bridge which was his uh young lion finish so kind of bringing that over uh with his return from excursion, he has you know perfected the move now that he's uh, graduated, done his excursion, so he was able to, to hit the that move and get the win here. So, yeah, uh, pretty exciting. I know there was a lot of speculation on who this was going to be. Most people were guessing Yuya after he got quote unquote fired from Impact, but people thought it could have been Nakajima. Uh, somebody throwing out Taiji Shimori. So there's a lot of names that people were kind of speculating, but them most people. Or speculating Yuya Yuamura based off what happened in Impact, and everybody was right there. So, yeah, I think he's a definitely a, a welcome addition here, and it's going to be fun to watch him grow. Yeah, I'm excited for him. Welcome back, Yuya. Then uh, after that match, we had the match that everybody was waiting for: the the big blood feud with Tangaloa defeating Chase Owens eight minutes and five seconds. Yeah, Kevin Kelly was, you know, acknowledging what all the fans were were thinking before this match, and uh, 
you know, I thought I thought Tonga looked good in this match. I thought he looked uh, he looked agile uh, for a guy whose uh, whose knee is probably bone on bone. Um, like he hit a nice missile drop kick yeah. that I thought looked good. Um, he uh, he hit uh, he hit his uh, uh, hundred hand slap the E Honda <laughs> hundred hand slap combo <laughs> that he does. <laughs> And, and he showed up. He showed up with brand new batting gloves, man. He looked icy. He's ready for <laughs> ready for MLB playoffs, man. Yeah, he had new gear. You know, he was out of the old, you know, uh, God camo. Yeah, that that missile drop kick was pretty slick. Um, you know, there was an interview he did a while ago. I think it might. I think it might have been talking to Jericho, where he joked about wanting to be a junior heavyweight. He's like, he really wants to be a junior. He's like, I'll, I'll do what I got to do to be a junior. But, you know, this match, he he, he busted out the missile drop kick. He did a 619. You know, he was busting out all the, you know, the cruiserweight great classic moves here. Yeah. And so he also likes after the after the finish, he got him with the. Uh... What do you got? He got him with the ape shit. Is that? Uh... Uh, no, he got him with the uh, the cross face, uh, the Operation Jado killer. Uh, pass, oh yeah, that's down right. from that's Jado. Um, but yeah, he was he was taking a bow in front of the crowd, and I don't know what that means. Maybe like maybe I'm reading too much into that, but I was like, oh, seems to be thanking the crowd, you know, giving them a bow, which is not not typical. It's not what typically someone does um, in the second match of the <laughs> evening. You know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, you know, maybe something to look into. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like he's just maybe just being extra thankful, you know, finally kind of back from his knee injury, being on, starting to be back on these tours again. Uh, probably first time in Goku for in a while for him in a, in a singles match. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, the match was fine. Um, nothing blow away, but, you know, it is what it is. Solid work. I mean, Chase Owens is a solid worker, and they did what they did. Um, you know, they were continuing. He uh, Tangelo was selling the the arm that they had worked on um, towards the end of the tour, and also Chase was targeting the surgically repaired knee. So there was a lot of targets on there, but yeah, Tangelo was able to fight back, lock on the Operation Jado killer, and tap out Chase Owens. So that brought us to the next match where we had the LIJ team of Bushi, Shingo, Takagi, Tetsuya Naito, and Yota Suji defeating the United Empire team of Callum Newman, Great Okan, Hanare, and Jeff Cobb. Yeah, the gear god, Bushi, back. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, honestly, you showed up with that plague, the plague doctor mask. Uh, I thought it was Marty's, when- Marty's girl for a second. Yeah. <laughs> dropping <laughs> breadcrumbs <laughs> no but i was actually wanting to comment about the gear he had underneath his he had like uh, like an iridescent mask with the iridescent uh uh pads and everything looked super fly love love the gear on bushi i i'm a big fan of the of the gear and particularly bushi who i think is very fashion forward um Amongst his peers. Yeah, that's the one thing with Bushi, man. He he will always come out, you know, with, with the best dress, the, the great gear, the, the mask, uh, everything. <laughs> yeah, so with the with this match, I would say with the exception of Suji Osprey, the, the feud hasn't been great for me, like this LIJ United Empire feud. Um, but this match, this match was pretty good. 
Like I, I really enjoyed it. It's a classic uh, Los Angeles, like high pace match. Uh, again, crowd super hot for for Suji. Um, Shingo had a had an amazing hot tag where he's just clobbering everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I loved it. Callum Newman got his uh, got his stuff in um, and ended with a with a great finishing stretch with Naito. Yeah, I mean, LIJ and UE are like two of the, the best factions in, in multi-man matches. I think the issue is, after a long tour, we've, we've, we've seen some combination of these guys against each other literally probably 10, 15 times now in, in various six-mans, eight-mans, ten-mans. Um, so especially this wasn't really progressing anything because we kind of had the blow-off, like Osprey um, had beat... Um, Suji. Yeah, he beat Suji. Okan lost to Shingo. Cobb lost to Naito. So kind of the blow-off already happened, and they're still facing each other. So it's like, all right, what's going on here? But overall, the action was good. I mean, Callum Newman, I feel like he's uh, beefed up on this tour. Yeah, and he's working He's working with, uh, with a bunch of heavyweights, too. So I don't know if he's, like, sort of hasn't decided which way he's going to go yet, whether he's going to have that junior run or if he's going to be uh, – LP-esque um, heavyweight, but uh, but we'll see. The guy is unbelievably talented, and uh, he has some really, really slick moves. Um, that little, like, uh, spinning insecurity that he hits is is really sick. Um, and he got to work with Naito in this match, so uh, got to got to take a Destino, too. So, uh, you know, <laughs> good for him. He's, he's getting a ton of great experience working with uh, – working with a ton of good guys. So they, they must see uh, a lot in his future, um, especially in the, in the, probably in the junior tags um, and super junior division. Yeah. I'm sure they really trust and value uh, Will Ospreay's opinion on somebody. Um, So obviously Will really, you know, giving this guy a stamp of approval. And honestly, I think the best thing for him is to kind of follow that Will Ospreay blueprint where you, you have him start out as a junior and then fill out and become a heavyweight. Like he has a very, you know, similar kind of frame to will. Um, and we've already seen over this, this short tour that he's beefed up. You know, he, I know he's been working out in the Noge dojo. He's probably eating a ton of that, uh, you know, Chonko beefing up, hitting the weight. So yeah, he's looking good. I, I think, yeah, maybe another year or two, um, keeping that junior division. And then uh, eventually once he fills out, get him up to heavyweight. Yeah, Chef Chef Nakajima will uh, <laughs> get him right. Yeah, he'll get him that protein, baby. Yeah, get him uh, beefed up. But yeah, he looked really good. Yeah, I, I noticed that throughout this tour, they had a lot of really good interactions between him and Yota Suji. A lot of great um, back and forth with those guys. So don't know if they're kind of planting seeds there as well. Uh, so yeah, good matchup. Uh, Naito hits the Destino on uh, Newman to get the win, which would then lead us into the first championship match of the evening for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Titles. The champions, the Bullet Club War Dogs team of Clark Connors and Drilla Maloney, defeated the Intergalactic Jet Setters Kevin Knight and Kushida. Yeah, uh, first off, like I think it's the right move to keep the belts on on Bullet Club. Um, Kevin Knight, I'm I'm really hoping for a singles run for for Kevin. Um, you know, I 
I like him and Kashida together, but I want to see, I want to see the jet fly. Um, you know, he showed again, just totally freakish athletic ability and very competent wrestling skill. Um, it's just another showcase match for him. He, uh, he did some crazy stuff. Like he box jumped over like a double clothesline. Um, he like, he hit like a flying clothesline off the top where I, I swear he was like 11 feet in the air. <laughs> um, and he hits this, that spike DDT where he's like, he's like, it's almost 12 to six where mm-hmm. like how high he gets, um, like a, that pendulum DDT. He's, he's so good. Like, I think, you know, have a last junior tag run with Kushida and then it's, it's time for him to, to get into the singles division because, uh, he's that guy He's you know, you can't, you can't keep him in a tag for too long. That guy's got to shine on his own. Um, and he's more than ready. Yeah. I mean, another great young talent here, great high flyer. And this was a guy that was one of the guys that was suffering from the flu and you could not tell it here in this match. This guy was like you mentioned, jumping all over the place. Uh, there was a kind of crazy dive towards the beginning of the match where he kind of did like that, uh, like the poetry and motion style dive off. Cause she does back to the outside, which was a uh, pretty wild and, yeah, the um, the one move, I forget what they call it, but when uh, Kushida has a guy on his shoulder and he jumps up and does a drop kick, like that's great. Like these, he's just so so talented. Yeah, and there was that Rana spot they did where like Kushida was gonna try to hit the Rana, but Drilla like caught him, and then uh, Kevin ran up and, and did the Rana on Drilla. That was that was crazy. Uh, just just some really really creative spots that highlight his his precision and his and his athleticism um and when you can hit both of those those things like that's that's the combo for uh for for some rlpw <laughs> yeah definitely has some good old rich ladder pro wrestling um yeah you know there was a spot where he hit that the double pele kick like man he just does so many cool innovative style of maneuvers gets the crowd really into his matches but you know we're giving a lot of shine to the jet setters i thought the war dogs look great here as well very vicious very intense and we gotta put over the drilla killer pile driver um kushida you know he got whipped into uh drilla spinned him around got him up the gif is all over twitter right now drilled him with the, with the drilla killer pile driver yeah so i have not been on twitter all day so all all these takes are are fresh off the uh you know fresh from the mind of mj but in in my notes i have drilla hit kushida with the nastiest drilla killer i've ever seen um before going into that full clip and that move is that move is dope i love that yeah that that should have been the finish like i I was already i I was pop that popped me i was like yes you know pin him like what what are we doing here like that's the peak like you, you don't get better than that like that flipping pile driver i don't even know how to really describe it but like it's like a, t- a tilt twirl kind of into a pile driver uh man it's just he just picks people up and just drops them with it it's just so nasty um so yeah he hits that nasty drill killer and then like you mentioned they picked him up to hit that that full clip where um he gets him up in the suplex and clark hits the spear off the top and so the War Dogs got the pin here, pin Kushida, and retain. And they will go into Super Junior Tag League in a few weeks as the current champions. Yeah, I like it. 
I like it. It's a good spot for them, um, you know, retain and have a, you know, have a match at whether it's Wrestle Kingdom or the next pay-per-view with them uh, for the belts, whether they, whether they retain at, at Wrestle Kingdom or not. I think they're a super credible tag team. Um, you know, they, they, they do wonders for the belts. Um, and I, you know, they, they've been on faces for the past couple of times, jet setters and even catch two, two sort of ended up being like a face tag team by the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's good to have them on a, a set of baddies, um, and let them run with it. And it's, it's, it's great for the both of them. I think it's a, it's a great spot for Clark. Um, you know, after that disastrous junior tag run he had with, with Taguchi, um, <laughs> you know, he's, this is what, this is like real Clark Connors. I think this is what I had envisioned for him, um, as like a full fledged character in new Japan. Um, so I, I love it that he's found his, like, uh, his UK counterpart that is just as crazy and just as, as bloodthirsty as he is. Um, I, I love this team. They're great. Yeah, and one of the things I love, too, about this matchup, and we've kind of seen this in this rivalry, just kind of the, the history between Kevin Knight and Clark Connors kind of play, playing out, both those guys coming out of um, the Buddy Wayne Academy in the Pacific Northwest area. You know, that name's really popular right now with the whole storyline with Darby and Swerve and uh, Nick Wayne. Um, so those guys kind of, kind of came out that camp as well, and kind of their backstory playing out in this rivalry and feud's been great, too. Yeah, I agree. Love it. Love it. So then that took us to the uh, six-man tag, the final match in the best of seven series between Master Wato, Shoto Umino, and Yuji Nagata against uh, Team Strong Style, El Desperado, Zuki, and Ren Narita. And coming into this match, like we mentioned, Strong Style had the advantage. It was three, two, and one. And Team Nagata, Team Blue Justice got the win here. End the series up three, three, and one. Yeah. Can we talk about Shota for a minute? Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) So this guy, this guy looks the part in the ring, outside of the ring. But my goodness, if his entrance isn't the longest, (laughs) most superfluous thing I've ever seen, I don't know what it is. Like he's got, he's got way too many elements and it takes way too long. He's doing like six to seven minute um, entrances every time he shows up. It doesn't matter if it's like, uh, like Ryu Goku or like, uh, like Kitsune City Cultural Gymnasium. He is doing the full entrance. Um, and it's, it's just really dragging out. He's a guy that I think has like, like charisma to spare and he, he could use some editing. Whereas guys like Narita or Uemura could probably use like a little, Hey, try something, see, try something, see if it works. He's trying everything <laughs> that's in his mind at once. Um, and it's, uh, it's a lot for me, but I love Shota. I think he's, I think he's amazing. That that entrance, I you know I gotta hit the skip every once in a while. It takes forever, man. It takes forever. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the entrance kind of sets him apart right now. Also, not many people come through the crowd in New Japan, um, but I, I do agree with you in the fact that I do think that there's maybe some, there's something that needs to be toned down. I, I don't think he's truly found out like who he is yet. Also, you know, he's doing kind of the the Moxley entrance walking through the crowd, but then he's kind of like Tanahashi 
where he's you know kissing babies, giving them armbands and gimmicks and shirts, and then he he looks like Naito. Um, you know, he, he's kind of all over the place, and I don't I don't feel like he's fully like grasped himself. Like I feel like Yotasuji, like that guy knows who he is one hundred percent. And then yeah, Shota, I guess yeah, I feel like he's still kind of like trying things, and which is good, it's fine. Um, yeah. But you know, he's kind of kind of being pushed as the ace. But I don't feel like he's fully you know grasped his character yet. And don't get me wrong, I think he's close. I think he could drop the the glow sticks probably, probably you know, like if he dropped the glow stick gimmick. I don't know what the glow stick gimmick is about. I don't know if it's he's trying to sell merch or what. Yeah. Um, but the guy is he's handsome, man. He's handsome. He's ripped. Sell the t-shirts, dude. Like uh, you know, <laughs> sell a magazine or <laughs> sell a calendar. Um, like, but the uh, yeah, the he spends a little bit. Uh, like even coming through the crowd, I'm into it. Be the white, the white color John Moxley, right? Mox comes out in the in the black leather. He comes out in white leather. That's cool. I love that. Got it. But then he's doing he's doing the the Bret Hart. Got to give the kid the glasses, and the <laughs> armband. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a it's more Bret Hartism, right? Like uh, it's it's infiltrating everywhere. It's watching too much AEW. <laughs> he's got he's got the pink pink and white on, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. He's gonna have skulls, pink skulls. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I thought this match uh, was good and. Kind of the culmination of a lot of what we've seen throughout this tour. You know, you had Suzuki and Nagata getting into it, Desperado and Master Wato, and of course Ren Narita and, and Chota Umino, and it, it, you know, it's kind of turning into a, a battle of respect here. Yeah, yeah, Nagata and Suzuki, their exchanges in this match were so captivating and like funny um, because you know they aren't doing anything like exceptional here. They're just throwing forearms. They're throwing some kicks. But like, I'll be damned if that wasn't some of the best pro wrestling exchanges I saw um, on this card. Um, had the whole crowd biting on every punch, every forearm, um, every every uh, PK to the back. Um, I loved it. Those guys, those guys really shone in this match for me. Um, you know, Shota and Narita. I love, I love their rivalry. I think they have good. Their their chemistry is building. Um, but for me, I think the one down spot here is Watto and Despi. Um, I think Watto has lost like all of his momentum since that Super Junior win. Oh yeah. Um, and I think you know, I think Despi not being into it. Like, I know that the gimmick is like Despi doesn't respect Watto, Watto, but like, I don't think he respects the program. <laughs> yeah. um, and that's kind of and that's kind of sort of left like a, a down spot there um, mm. because I know Despy's better than that. And, uh, um, and yeah, so that's, that's sort of the down spot for me, but I love the, I love the ending. Um, I love the, the handshakes and, um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Narita or uh, Nagata and Suzuki slapping each other in the face and, and shaking hands. I love that. It's great. Yeah, the, the closing stretch uh, was really great. Um, so you had uh, Watto and Desperado in there. Um, they're going back and forth. Uh, Nagata hits an exploder suplex on Suzuki. Then Despi hits a spine buster and a back suplex. And then Watto comes back, hits this big release German suplex. All the guys are down. Then Shota and Narita get up and they're trading blows. And then uh, Shota kind of hits the, the Death Rider DT out of nowhere and uh, pins Narita. 
They tie the series up 3-3-1, like you mentioned, uh, post-match. They all kind of shake hands. You know, Narita offers his hand. Uh, well, Shota offers his hands to Narita, and Narita shook his hand, kind of accepted him, and kind of really showing that respect. And then you had um, Watto trying to get his handshake from Despy, and he Despy kind of shook his, like, index finger, <laughs> didn't want any part of that. Uh, and then, yeah, the Suki and Nagata, like you mentioned, yeah, they, they stare off, and then they slap each other, and then they shake hands, and then... You know, Nagata got one extra slap in. Suzuki was like, "Hold on, <laughs> even it up." Got, yeah. got the last slap in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that was great. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, fifth fist bump. Um, so you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all for like respect angles. Uh, I think that's cool. But the thing with this best of seven, I I think the draw was or ending with a tie was not the right call. I feel like we kind of left everybody where we started. I don't yep. feel like anybody really got over. In this feud, um, especially because like Suzuki and Nagata were such highlights throughout this feud. I mean, they, these guys have been feuding for twenty something years. Um, they don't really need to get over. And the, obviously, there were there were spotlights of Narita and Umino and Despi and Watto. But uh, like at the end of the day, like I feel like all those guys are are pretty much exactly. Like, I don't think any anybody got really elevated from this feud. This is this has been a thing, right? It's been a thing since the G one, where they where they're not beaten guys and yeah. they're, they're, I, I don't know if they're, you know, afraid to pull the trigger right now, afraid to make the wrong move, but, you know, being stagnant and guys, guys not moving forward, not moving up, not moving down is leads to stasis. Right. And mm-hmm. nobody likes that. It's difficult to get invested in stasis. Right. Mm-hmm. We watch pro wrestling to, get a victor um to to get um that you know either the comeuppance or the experience of a finish um the ending of a rivalry and just like you said we didn't get that here we got we got a tie um and i don't know if that's us as like western fans where we need we need one person at the top of the mountain <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, but it's, it is, it's difficult to get invested in uh, in a tie. Right. Um, yeah. And so, and it's, it's like that in any kind of sport, you know, I think that's the knock on soccer sometimes, or uh, you know, a zero, zero tie or a one, one tie is not the, you know, it's not satisfying. Right. And that's, that's why we watch this sport is to have those satisfying endings at the end. Um, and yeah, unfortunate we didn't get that here. But, uh, you know, hopefully this sends them off into their own direction so that mm-hmm. we can get something um, a little bit more meaty out of um, at least the four of them. Um, so, uh, yeah, and lead to something meaningful, I hope. Yeah, it's just kind of your, your typical 50-50 booking. And, you know, I've been hearing, you know, Uncle Dave on Wrestling Observer Radio, you know, talking about AEW and how they kind of have a lot of guys in the middle, there's not a lot of guys moving up and down, and I feel like that was kind of the situation here in, in this matchup. Um, like you mentioned, you know, Watto has lost a ton of momentum. You know, I, I almost forget sometimes that he won Best Super Juniors, that he had a five-star match with Teton. Um, it, it doesn't seem like that, the way he's being booked and the way he's been used in this feud. Um, Desperado has kind of been the background, and Umino and Arita, they had you know, a G1 where, you know, they were some of the top guys in their block, but, you know, neither, neither of those guys won the block and none of those guys advanced into the quarterfinals. 
Um, so yeah, it just kind of seems in a time where a lot of these guys really need to be moved up the car, getting pushed. They're, they're not getting pushed. Um, and I just think it's one of those situations where they put two teams against each other and it's like, well, we don't want to beat them. So let's just do a tie. But the thing is, it's like, you don't have to book this. <laughs> like, if you don't want to beat <laughs> Strong Style, if you don't want to beat Narita, if you don't want to beat Humano and Watto and all these guys, then don't book this feud. <laughs> like, yeah. you, you should have done Strong Style against a team that they could beat so that they can get elevated. And then you should have done Watto, Umino, and uh, Nagata against another team that they could beat so they can get elevated. Uh, but, yeah, kind of just ending flat for me. It kind of yeah, kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate, and uh, hopefully there's something something better on the horizon for uh, for for all of these guys. Yeah, because I mean, now is, is is the peak time to really get stuff going. We're uh, a few months away from Wrestle Kingdom. I know it might seem a little early, but it's only you know October. But you know, we we got the music at the end of the show. Wrestle Kingdom is right around the corner. Get your your countdown clocks out. Get your calendars ready. Uh, you know, Shinny Han is coming to town, and it, we're, we're a few months away from the big show. And what are these guys doing? Uh, you know, some of these guys—they're not juniors. They're not going to be in junior tag league. I mean, some of them might be stuck in World Tag League, the heavyweight tour in December. But I feel like now, pretty much like October, November is pretty much the last chance to kind of get slotted to where you can get in a good spot on the Tokyo Dome card. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise they're going to be in the Rambo. Exactly. Like I, I don't think like Narita and Numino need to be in the Rambo, especially Narita. I mean, he was in the, the TV world uh, title match last year with Zack Sabre jr. He should be, and he had this Shibata match the year before. Um, so if he's in the Rambo, that's a decline for him. Like he should, yeah. he should be in a, Featured singles match, whether that's him and Umino or some other singles match, and uh, same for Umino. I know last year he was in the the Muto six man tag thing, but he's another guy that should be if he's not in some kind of like tag league match, and he should be featured in a special singles match. Yeah, they need to settle it. Those two, they yeah. need. We need to get something out of this feud, right? And I'm, uh, I don't know if it's like just put Shota over. He's clearly the guy, right? Like. Narita can fight his way back up and that's a, you know, I feel like that's a good part of his story and would make it like part of his, his next year is to like sort of come back, uh, come back from the big loss at, at Russell kingdom and like, you know, give Shota a bump. He yeah. needs a bump, man. Yeah. I, I think the um, Gales is playing it too safe right now. And I think he needs to take more risk. I mean, he's taking a risk in other areas, like like the, the world title main event. Um, but with all these young guys, like, this is not that great right now. I feel like you can try some things. You can, you know, like you mentioned, have Umino win some more. Have Suji win some more. Have Narita win some more. Like, push these guys. Yeah, yeah. So, I think we're on the same page there. Yeah. So uh, let's move on to the next matchup here. The NJPW Strong Openweight Tag Team Title Match. The Challengers, the Gorillas of Destiny team of Ella Fantasimo and Hikaleo, defeated the Bullet Club War Dogs team of Alex Coughlin and Gabriel Kidd. Yeah, this was this was okay. Um, you know, not a, not a ton to sink your teeth into here, to be honest. I thought there were some really cool exchanges with LP. Um, you know, flying around, he did a, he did that, that spot where he hits, uh, 
he hit the plancha and then he hit uh like um something else and then he hits like a lion salt I, he did like he does like three flying moves in a row yeah he, is, he, he like changed it up a little bit because he did he ended up doing like a cross body to the outside and then he came back in and did the roll into like the the big lion salt yeah 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 and that that was good and then coglin like right out of that lion salt coglin did that like freak move where he like rolls out of it from the ground and picks him up into like a vertical suplex and then he just tossed lp out oh. of the ring i was like <laughs> oh my god like you could break an ankle doing that like yeah. you know adam adam cole's jumping off ramps breaking ankles but like <laughs> lp's getting tossed dead feet in the air to yeah the ground. um I, yeah i was chatting with uh, a dude named scorpio on the uh the extension chat this morning and yeah i was like man yeah um, Colin did not have to throw ELP out there like that, man. Yeah, he had him straight up in the vertical and then just walked over and tossed him right out yeah, the ring. Excessive. It was excessive. He also gut wrenched Hikaleo, which is like, you know, that takes a ton of strength, man. He he was holding him there for a minute, gut wrenched him. Yeah, just a, a total freak. Um, I think uh, I think it was a good move to get the titles off Bullet Club now as like the the failing up mechanism for them. Um, you know, move them into the world title scene, hopefully. Yeah. Um, it's also good to establish Leo and uh an LP as a legitimate team. Um, I think that having them with these like let's say minor titles, um, sort of gives them a little a little bit of uh credibility and a bit of momentum as a as a tag team sort of right away. Um, which uh, you know, I think the last time we talked, we we're like, nah, it's kind of a weird tag team. LP and, and Hikaleo. So I think this, you know, helps that a little bit, helps that uh, uneasy feeling a little bit for me anyway. Yeah, I, th- I think it was good too for Elvin Tasmo to get a win. Um, you know, he really kind of been on the losing end um, kind of since G1 and in this whole feud against Bull Club. He really hasn't had that one big win yet. So this was kind of a, you know, kind of a big re- redeeming moment for him to, to finally get a win over the Bull Club unit and, yeah, to win these tag titles here uh, with Hikaleo. And, you know, this match was a little, a little bit better than I expected. Uh, I thought uh, ELP and Hikaleo uh, made a fine team. Um, but like you said, I, I do think this accomplishes two things. It, it does open up Coughlin and Kid to have a good World Tag League because the, the strong tiles are not holding them down, so they could potentially win it or go to the finals, you know, have a really strong uh, showing and, you know, make a claim to get in the tag title match at the Dome. And then, then it gives ELP and Hikaleo something, um, you know, they'll be defending them um, at the Fighting Spirit Unleashed show in October, you know, kind of give them something on, on the side to do as well. So I think it really helps. Uh, it's one of the situations where uh, I think Warhawks get over by losing as well as the winners got over by winning. Yeah. Yeah. Right decision for sure. And then after that, we had the never open weight six man tag team title match: the champions Kazuchika Okada, Tomohiro Ishii, and Hiroshi Tanahashi defeated the Motor City Machine Guns of Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin and their partner, the Walking Weapon Josh Alexander. I am a long time Alex Shelley mark, so this is uh, this is something I was looking forward to, um, <laughs> and I don't I don't watch a ton of Impact, so like I, I got to see he won the the world title and everything, so super happy as a guy who watched him in the Embassy 
yes. the first embassy yes. back with <laughs> back in ROH in like 2006. Jimmy uh, Rave. Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, you know, and then Generation Me in, uh, or yeah, he was in Generation Me, right? Uh, well, Generation Me wasn't that. That was the Young Bucks, I think, in Impact. Yeah, but there was um, he was he was in some group with Kevin Nash, though. Um, oh yeah, the, the paparazzi productions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's you know, I was watching TNA at that time and stuff, and you know, I I had liked Alex Shelley, you know, from ROH. So when I saw him in TNA, I was like, this this guy's my guy. Um, so awesome! It was awesome to see him and Motor City Machine Guns, one of the best tag teams of all time for my money, anyways. Um, so this this match was this match was awesome. Lots of fun. Lots of great tag work. Um, from Motor City Machine Guns, um, Ishii had great exchanges with with Shelly and Saban uh, before getting into like a big hoss battle with with Alexander, which I think those guys are are pretty uh, pretty well matched. Um, Ishii Ishii hit him with a, a headbutt that knocked his headgear off. Yes, which that. I thought I was like, that's a cool spot. I yeah. really like that. Yeah, that was dope. Yeah, Ishii just winds back, big headbutt, black headgear goes flying off. That was great. Yeah, I thought Alexander looked good um, with Ishii, but kind of not as good with Okada. Um, he, he was only in there with him for like a couple instances, but it wasn't like I didn't get the same vibes as like Bad Dude Tito and Okada. Mm-hmm. Um, not the same kind of kind of chemistry, but uh, but yeah. So it, it they just looked. I don't know. It, it didn't hit for me, um, but him and Ishii hit for sure um mm-hmm. i haven't seen a ton of josh alexander so um so this was this is kind of like the first time i've i've seen him really work i've seen him like here and there but nothing that i can like put my finger on to say oh yeah hey uh if you want to get into josh alexander go watch this match i i i couldn't name anything for you um but was super surprised that uh that shelly took the l here it's weird for me yeah, that, that was kind of weird, but you think back to it, um, Shelly did beat Tanahashi at the Multiverse United 2 show this past August, and like uh, we mentioned last week, Tanahashi really made a pl- uh, plea, he really wanted to beat one of these guys in this uh, six-man match, especially Shelly, who got the win over him in August, so uh, kind of getting the win back here, and I was talking to the young boy earlier today, uh, when he was getting ready to head out, and um, talking about this show, and I'm like, with Tanahashi pinning Shelly, uh, I think that could leave the door open to Shelly defending the Impact title at Wrestle Kingdom against Tanahashi. Nice, good thinking. Good thinking. That is uh, that is a match I would like to see. Uh, I would like to see again um, because I'm a big I'm a big Shelly Mark, and uh, you know Tanahashi's always he's always thirsting after those world titles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one more time, one more one more climb, <laughs> one more climb to the top of the mountain. Yeah, you, you could have him win the Impact World title for a little bit, do some tours of the U.S., you know, drop it back. It, I think it'd be super fun to do. Yeah, um, I bet Tanahashi loves Windsor, Ontario. He would love to visit <laughs> Windsor and London, southwestern Ontario. It's beautiful, especially in winter. <laughs> um, and, you know, you said uh, you were a Shelly guy. I, I was a big Saban guy, man. I, I loved Chris Saban. I was all about, you know, the, the Hail Saban X division. Um, I remember the, like the first Ultimate X that he was in with like uh, Matt Bentley and Frankie Gazarian, all those guys. Like Saban was, I was a big Saban mark. And then also you know, when him and the Machine Gun, him and Shelly got together, Machine Guns, great tag team. Like you mentioned, a lot of fun stuff. Yeah, with uh, Kevin Nash with the whole 
uh, paparazzi production skits of them and Lethal and uh, Sanjay and all of those X Division guys. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I think long time coming for uh, Saban and Shelly to really get their respect. Like two great guys, you know. And unfortunately, like you mentioned, they you know, they work for Impact. Impact doesn't get a ton of viewers. It's not uh, appointment viewing. Uh, amongst all the pro wrestling there is to watch and i think people forget how great they are you know um kevin kelly and charlton were mentioning like there's so many moves that have been ripped off from those guys they've influenced so many tag teams so many young high flyers like those guys are, are really really great and they're, they're legends man and i i think they don't always get their due i think they're they're one of the best tag teams ever and I wish they were spotlighted more on a bigger stage like this. Yeah, I agree. Just, just fantastic, super crisp. Um, that, that like high speed style for tag teams. Like when I first saw a Motor City Machine Guns match, and I saw them do that, uh, that, that combo that they do with like the drop kick, and then Shelly does like uh, he grabs the neck and the flips the over lock the guy. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The first time I saw that, I was like whoa what am i watching like this is this is really cool tag team wrestling this is something different and like i was you know really really uh love the style love the pace that's uh that's you know if there was uh if there was a mjpw the motor city machine guns would be it um so yeah, I love to see him again. And if if it if we're getting Tanahashi versus Alex Shelley at the at the Tokyo Dome, sign me up. I'm way into that. Yeah, and also that that's just speculation, folks. Don't go out, you know, tweeting out Jeremy Donovan reports <laughs> <laughs> Shelley versus Tanahashi at the Dome. I'm just you know putting some uh, breadcrumbs together, looking at the tea leaves, and kind of seeing how the cards are being set. Because you got to think about it. Like, what else is Tanahashi gonna do at the Tokyo Dome? Like. There's yeah. not, there's not yeah. a lot left for him unless he's gonna face like an Umino or one of these younger guys, uh, a Suji. Like that could be cool, but there's kind of a built-in storyline here, and I think Alex Shelley's a guy that deserves to be spotlighted on a Tokyo Dome card. Their multi multiverse match was great. Running back, like I said, you can have Tanahashi win it, and it'd be a cool kind of thing for Tanahashi. And uh, you know, Josh Alexander too. I know you mentioned, um, yeah, I thought he looked good. Um, I mean, check out a lot of his Impact World Title matches um, before he got the injury. Like, he was having a great run um, as the Impact World Champion. He has a lot of solid matches. You know, he's done some New Japan Strong stuff as well. Um, so, yeah, I think he's definitely a guy that kind of fits more of that never strong style type of style. Saw that here when he was mixing it up with uh, Tomohiro Ishii. And uh, also, too, like so a little story here. So, Josh Alexander is challenging Alex Shelley for the Impact World Title. At Bound for Glory, so you have the challenger and champion on the same team, and towards the end of the matchup, um, Josh Alexander accidentally hit Shelly, which kind of led into Tanahashi hitting the the twist and shout and the sling blade high fly flow and, and getting the win. So kind of tease there that you know did Josh hit Shelly on purpose? Um, so that's kind of an interesting uh, little note that they played out there as well. Yeah, yeah, it's. Um can they coexist right there wasn't a it wasn't it wasn't too heavy-handed like it is in other promotions right so yeah it was there they had the little moment um that caused alex shelley to lose and they they played it up a little bit afterwards chris uh chris and kevin did and uh yeah well we'll see 
Um, I may not be watching Bound for Glory, um, though I, uh, Osprey's on that card, isn't he? Yeah, uh, Will Osprey is uh, facing Speedball Mike Bailey, um, so that will you know potentially you know be a match of the year contender. Uh, that's an easy, I think, five stars from Dave there. <laughs> uh, so that'll be a fun matchup, and um, also the if Josh Alexander wins. He will defend the title against Will Ospreay, I think, the following night at their TV taping. Wow. Wow. That is, <laughs> yeah. That is their, that's Ospreyism right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we had a quick question here from uh, Barry Wall. Says, supposing uh, Brian Danielson does wrestle Zack Sabre Jr. at Wrestle Kingdom, what does Okada do this year? Unless they have him beat Ospreay on the way out for the Intercontinental or whatever it will be called, then belt. I can't see what else he can do. Side point, he could then call it the real world title and bring back the V4 again just to be his trollish, livable best. I know what he can do. What? Defend that never six man <laughs> open weight championship. <laughs> Have we forgotten that Kazuchiko Okada is the one third of the never uh, six man championships? Open weight champion? Yeah, I mean, it, it does seem kind of odd to not have an Okada singles match, but, I mean, him, Tanahashi, and Ishii have been having great matches with these Never Six-Man titles, and if you throw a super team together, I, I don't know who it would be. I mean, they, they already faced, like, Blackpool Combat Club at Dominion, but if you can find like, a, a team of that caliber, um, either within New Japan or another promotion, like, you could throw a super team together, I think that could be a cool thing to do. Uh, you know, someone like TMDK could probably use it. They they could probably use a bone. Like Tanahashi, um, Okada, and Ishii. Do they really need these belts? No. TMDK, they could probably use them. Yeah, but if, if I was going to have them drop the belts, though, I'd probably get it off of them before Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, yes, I don't yes. know. I, I feel like the the Okada singles match and the Tanahashi singles match are just two uh, valuable spots, especially in a year where you're, you're still trying to recoup and you, you, you want to sell Tokyo Dome tickets. Um, I definitely think you need an Okada singles match. I mean, obviously, I I think yeah, the Brian Danielson match could be at play. Uh, I mean, get him in there with one of these young guys. Like, why not Okada versus Suji or you know, Okada versus Umino? Um, like, really, you know, give these guys a chance. I mean, Okada will probably still win, but having an Okada-Tokyo Dome match under your belt can be a great thing for the resume. Yeah, agree. I So, I guess, to answer the question, I have no idea. <laughs> but yeah. I, got, I, I got a couple of thoughts. Yeah, um, you know. We're, we're, none of which make a lot of money, I don't think. <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're not in the room. You know, we don't have uh, Gato's notebook. Uh, you know, we haven't we haven't ha- hacked into his his Google Drive where his docs of uh, booking plans are. So, just just pure uh, speculation here. <laughs> Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Fifty. Then. Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets,
bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Uh, so moving on to the next matchup, we had the never openweight title match and the challenger, Tamatonga defeats the champion David Finley to become the new never open weight champion 19 minutes and 39 seconds. Uh, this was a very, very brutal, hard hitting match and like brutal in a good way. Um, you know, I, I really like this match. Um, I'm, I'm happy Tama got the W, which I think sets him up probably for a never open weight match, uh, against maybe, you know, bright lights, Carl Anderson at the <laughs> Tokyo Dome. Who knows? Um, but uh, no, I, I really enjoy this match. I think Tama had a ton of snap on everything today. Um, like the exploders looked amazing. The planches and the splashes were all had tons of energy behind them. Lots of vertical. Um, you know, I hope, uh, I hope this ends this Finley Tamatonga saga, I'd like to see Finley in something higher profile now. Um, again, failing up with uh, the rest of his war dogs. Um, so, but I think for Finley, like if he can, you know, continue putting on these kind of like grueling fortitude testing matches, um, you know, with like that. I'll call it appropriately placed plunder. Um, then I think he can find a spot for himself at the top of the card uh, because I really enjoyed this. I thought it was I thought it was really good, very hard hitting, very never, um, but I think could be elevated to that uh, to that next championship level. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I thought the match was good, really hard hitting. Um, also, they played up a lot of the story of the last match, uh, not 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 the G one match, but the match before, where uh, Finley, you know, had uh, had kind of had um, Tama carted off on the, on the stretcher afterwards. So in this match, I mean, there was a large part where Finley was in control, being very brutal on to uh, Tama Tonga. Had a spot there where he, you know, powerbombed him to a table. So it was looking very similar to that uh, match they had earlier in the year where Tamo looked like he was about to be taken out. You know, Finley is doing all the power bombs again, but then, um, you know, Tama counters it into a gun stun, which kind of gave him some life, got him back in the match, and then um, he was able to hit that uh, that double underhook uh, J driller to uh, get the win. Yeah, nice. Nice, nice little match. I wouldn't say nothing to write home about, but I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I liked it. It was a different pace from some of these other matches. And, uh, yeah, it was very, very hard hitting. Something is right up my alley. Yeah, I, I think it, it could have probably been a, a little bit shorter, especially as we've gotten to this part of the card. Um, besides that, yeah, it, it was very good. And I agree with you in the point that I do hope that these guys kind of go two different directions. Um, like Josh mentioned last week, um, there's only so much uh, you could do of Tamatanga feuding with Bull Club. Like that's pretty much been his whole existence since being kicked out of the Bull Club. 
um, a couple years ago now. Like, he's always kind of been in a few of these guys. So it'll be interesting to see, all right, what does a Tamatonga run look like when he's not facing off against these guys? And I agree with you also with Finley. Like we mentioned last week, if Finley's going to be the leader of the Bull Club, he needs to be facing Osprey. He needs to be facing Okada. He needs to be facing the top guys. Um, so I think, yeah, him failing up uh, could be the good call here. Um, I think maybe him challenging Osprey for the, the UK title at Power Struggle might be the move there um, to do something big with Finley. But yeah, I think definitely the right call is to have these guys go their separate ways. Yeah. Um, and we did have a question here that just came in from our boy Ram Bones. Um, he says, do you miss the old never division of tough guys throwing forearms? I feel like the division and the title are lacking a distinctive identity, which makes it feel just like any other mid-card title instead of the special thing it was. Ram Bones wants the, the tough white man division back. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, the never title's kind of been in a weird spot since the the ic title went away um because once they got rid of the ic title the game plan was like all right let's transition the never title from being the the third title that the the hard-hitting you know tough man title into the, the secondary title let's put it on jay white put it on jay white pandemic happened couldn't really get the title defended that much and you just kind of had this whole weird lull uh, we eventually get Jay back in the country, but the never title was never the same after that. And, you know, Ishii's been in the mix since then, but it just has not been quite the same. You haven't had a ton of Ishii Shingos, you know, Ishii Gotos, those kind of matches. And like, I feel like it's kind of been in this kind of weird struggle to figure out, oh, where does it fit in? Like, you have the U.S. slash U.K. title that's kind of been the second title, but now the never title's kind of competing for that and, you're not really having your traditional strong style guys in the mix. They didn't, they didn't need to like change the identity of the never title. Um, now was it, did Jay white have the belt before Tana had it? Um, I think Tana Hashi, hold on. I'm trying to remember. Did Tana Hashi beat Jay white for the, for the never title? I can't I can't remember, but like Tanahashi is not your typical prototypical never title defender. Same with Jay White. I mean Jay White could kind of do it, but not to the degree that um folks, you know, your your Ishii's, your uh your Tomoaki Hanmas um do for the never division. But I think now like getting it, getting back to to Rambone's question is like, um, they have a division. Great Okan can be a never challenger. Hanare can be a, a never challenger. Um, you know, they've got guys. Suji could, you know, could be a good person there. But Shingo, right? Like, if you want Suji a little bit higher, U.S. title, uh, like world title scene, Shingo is a great person to have in that in that never division title um you've got narita can could could compete there you know got tai chi Uh, can compete there so you have a division like of really really compelling matches um so you know i i just seems easy to book for me like with all those guys in there you know i'd love to see hanari with that belt oh yeah definitely 
right, so I pulled up the records here. So Jay White got the belt from Tanahashi, and then Jay dropped it to Ishii. So it was uh, it was Tanahashi's fault then. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but I, I did enjoy though um, Tanahashi winning the belt from Shingo um, at New Beginning um, in Nagoya. Man, I, I love that match so much. Like I, I wrote a whole column about it. Like it was just that Shingo Tanahashi match was just like the perfect blend of you know, New Japan style and Dragon Gate and strong style and everything. Yeah, that match was so great. When a, when a match is so good, it makes you want to put pen to paper. You know, that's that's something. That's a that is a special match. Um, so I love, I, I, I love to hear that. It's like it, this match spoke to me so much. I had to write about it. That's, that's, uh, you know, that's awesome. That's yeah. a good experience to have. Um, we had a question here from uh deaf triangle Seven Twenty. What do you think is next for Finley and who should Tama feud with for the never title? Um, so for Finley, yeah, obviously Finley, we want to see him moving up. Um, whether it's, um, whether it's challenging, for um, another title or something that puts him in a high-profile um, feud, I don't know who. I don't know who that's with. Whether he, you know, goes for Osprey, um, he's, it seems like that would be the natural, um, natural person to go to, um, you know. And maybe you run that program, and it's. It's uh, David Finley, the career killer, um, that uh, gives everybody the uh, the Irish kiss goodbye at the end of their uh, um, New Japan careers. But yeah, um, that's, a, that's a great call right there. Yeah, you know, Finley was a guy that you know gave Jay White the boot on the way out to AEW, and with all the rumors speculating that uh, Will Ospreay is AEW bound, yeah, you you could have Tokyo Dome Finley versus Osprey. Finley beats him. That's yeah. That's Osprey's last match in New Japan, and he's he's off to Conlin. Yeah, yeah. It would make sense for me for Tama. I don't know. Line him up. Like I don't know how long Tama's around for either. There's been a lot of talk with him, right? So and like me reading way too much into Tangaloa's like uh, <laughs> you know bowing to the crowd at the end of his match versus Chase, but um, but like for Tama, I think Tama can easily do the never style Hanare Shingo. Uh, those are, those are matches I want to see. Like I'm very much interested in seeing Tamatanga fight those matches. So um, hopefully, hopefully he, we, we get a nice little lineup of, of challengers for the, for that never title. Yeah. Like you mentioned, yeah. There, there, there's tons of guys that they can put in Tamla's way. Um, and there's tons of stuff they could do with Finley. Like I said, just, just keep, Tama away from Bullet Club, away from House of Torture, anything Bullet Club adjacent or related. Let's see him do something different. There's a ton of guys that he can mix it up with. Um, you know, what, hey, do him and Suzuki, like him and Nagata, like have him in there with some of those strong style veterans, um, some of the, the legends of the Never Division. Give Hanma one more run. Hanma Mania, <laughs> Hanma Mania. Needs, to run, <laughs> needs to run wild, baby. One more time. Give, give my boy Kojima uh, one more shot. <laughs> Man, Kojima is Kojima is a is a great a great guy that's going to sell tickets and he's gonna he's gonna deliver. Oh, yeah. like all those guys. Honestly, man, if I if I can move like like Suzuki and Ko, Kojima at their age, you know, 
that's uh, I need to get on whatever program they're on. <laughs> those guys, those guys are you know so fast. Like Suzuki is still like fleet of foot. Like he, I don't think his knees have ever like ached a day in his life because he's he's sprinting, hitting the ropes. Um, you know the some of the older guys you know they they don't run the ropes as as well as they used to. But Suzuki, man, he flies into those corners. He's in those turnbuckles like like he's like Bret Hart. So <laughs> apologies for the uh, additional uh, Bret Hart reference there. But well, I mean, uh, you're Canadian. You, you kind of have to. And I am from I I do live in Calgary, so it's <laughs> uh, I am in Hitman Country. <laughs> All right, let's uh, move on to the semi main event from the show. It was for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Title. The champion Hiromu Takahashi defeats Speedball Mike Bailey and Yo 17 minutes and 53 seconds to retain the championship. Yeah, this match was missing Leo big time. I think uh, I think Yo acquitted himself well in the match. He showed some good fire, um, but this it didn't hit the next gear for me. Um, I don't know. There were there were places where. It did like Bailey was doing, you know, Mike Bailey things. Um, but yeah, especially down the closing stretch, like the finish was kind of lackluster for me. Um, I like the new Japan style where you're getting counter, counter, big move, big move, kickouts, that type of stuff. Um, this match didn't have that for me. Um, and, you know, um, so I think Yo did as well as he could coming in on probably one day notice. Um, you know, and he he looked okay. Uh, he throws Yo throws some really really good super kicks. Like some of the best super kicks I've I've seen. Like he gets great extension on him. He killed Hiromu with a couple of them. Um, so you know, I, I won't knock. Yo, uh, but this match really could have benefited from having a, a Leo rush in it. Yeah, I know we we were uh, knocking Yo a couple of weeks ago, talking about him not really showing anything, and you know even from like the press conference in this match, I felt he was really fired up and did show um, a lot. And I agree with you. Also, this whole feud, I mean, it was all really it was really built around Hiromu and Leo. Uh, Speedball was just kind of you know the, the icing on the cake here. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of a, a letdown not to have uh, Leo Rush in this match. And I feel bad for him because he was, was in a hot run. Um, and I thought he was doing some great work here in this this program with Hiromu. Um, but, yeah, I thought Yo stepped in and it did a good job uh, stepping in. Overall, I thought this was um, a really good um, junior-style matchup. Uh, I like that Yo kind of, you know, pay, paid tribute to Leo here. You know, he did, he did the final... Uh, our frog splash for a great near fall um, at one point in the match, and it looked amazing. Yeah, it like lo- that, like Yo should do that move. <laughs> <laughs> like when when Leo's out on the tours, he should be doing that because he hits that really really well. Yeah, I also think he, he did the, the the rush hour uh, stunner thing um, as well. Uh, so yeah, giving a shout out to his partner there, and then of course you know Speedball was doing Speedball stuff. Uh, you know. The flipping, the knees, uh, and the, the spin kicks, and all the all cool yeah. stuff that he does, the shooting stars. So, yeah, he he looked great as well. Um, so yeah, towards the end here, came down to Hiromu and Yo, uh, where um, Hiromu caught him with he reversed the direct drive, got him up with the time bomb, had to follow up with time bomb two, and he got the the big win here. 
Yeah, and uh, Mike Bailey started going crazy after after the match. He was screaming "moto moto" like <laughs> all the way up the ramp. He was like, you could hear him still screaming it, mm-hmm. even when Hiromu st- stopped acknowledging him. So uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, what this leads to is a is a singles match versus Mike Bailey and a singles match versus versus Leo. Um, you know, I'm, three ways are they're okay. They can be great. But there's nothing like a like a New Japan Junior Heavyweight Championship match. Yeah, hopefully um, Leo will make a recovery in a couple of weeks. Um, I'm assuming that him and Yo will be a part of Super Junior Tag League, and I do know there is a, a press conference that will be airing on NJPW World at 2 a.m. Um, so by the time our show comes out, a, a lot of news about what's happening. With Junior Tag League and Power Struggle will be out there, so we're we're a little bit ahead of the curve here. But I'm assuming that that Leo and um and Yo would be a team there in Super Junior Tag League. So hopefully he's all right. But this could be a thing. This could be end up being a good thing for him. Like you mentioned, it this could lead to uh, another singles hurling match, and maybe um at Power Struggle, maybe at, at the Dome. Um, you know, Leo gets another shot. Um, and so, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, um, and then post-match, we had a little angle here, so the, the lights go out and crowd pops and back on, and it's the, the bone soldier Taiji Ishimori returning from injury. The man that took him out was Hiromu. Um, he's back from the, the cervical spine injury he had, and also he, he made it very clear that he was coming after the time bomb. Yeah, was uh, I wasn't expecting this. I knew he was due back soon, and I think there had been some rumors that he might be X um, with just five guys. But uh, yeah, I, you know, Ishimori's a great a great dude to have in the in the junior division. Um, you know, exciting to see him return. We'll uh, we'll see where he where he shakes out. Is he still Bullet Club? Is he is he house of torture? Like who does he, uh, who does he end up with? Which side um, is he on? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see where, uh, where he, where he ends up. Yeah. Uh, I'll see Taiji and Hiromu have a history of great matches together. Um, so yeah, it should be a fun matchup wherever uh, it takes place. So yeah, I, I was not expecting uh, Ishimori to be back either. I was kind of disappointed at this this point in the show of the lack of you know walkout challengers. You know we've had we've seen several title matches so far in the, in the evening, and I'm sitting there waiting. Like, All right, is somebody going to come out and challenge Tama? Is somebody going to come out and challenge the War Dogs? Is somebody going to come out and challenge ELP and Hikaleo? And like nobody was coming out, so it was good to finally get like you know a, a walkout challenger here, a surprise return of, of Ishimori. Yeah. And our boy uh, Rainbow Slam Pig says, uh, given that there was an angle after the junior title match to set up the challenger, I assume Hiromu was winning, even if Leo Rush participated. Do you agree? If so, do you think that Hiromu will break the title defense record for the junior title? It's a t- that's a tough question. Uh, and like with no, I mean, there's no consequence if I'm wrong. So I, like, I don't know why I'm afraid to make a, make a call here. Um, yeah, I think, I think Hiromu probably was, um, 
where I'm where I'm iffy is around this breaking of the record where he's been talking about it, but hasn't been talking about it for a long time. They haven't been putting up like graphics of um, Hiromu has defended the belt nine times. This is his ninth defense. He's only three more away from, uh, from breaking the record or, or what have you, right? That's sort of, if they were telling that type of story, that's something that I would, I would expect them to do uh, from like a booking standpoint. So mm-hmm. it feels like they're, they're unsure, but uh, you know, I, I was, you know, if there was ever a time for, for Leo rush to, to put the, to have the belt, it would have been then, but you know, I think, uh, I think he's so good that, you know, could he be the could he be the guy that prevents Hiromu from breaking the record? That would be something that I could get into um, because I think he should have a big long run with that title. Um, brings a different uh, a different flavor to the top of the division. Tons of new matches, um, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that when it does happen. Um, yeah, and you know, did did Ishimori's return sort of give it away? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Hiromu was, was going to retain. Like you mentioned, there kind of was this story told at the beginning of his run that his plan was to break the, the tile defense record. And like you mentioned, it's kind of gotten forgot about because, you know, you roll into G1 season all summer. And even though he was all over the place, he was a wrestling in all these promotions in Japan. He did the All-Star Junior Festival in the U.S. He was in Multiverse United uh, for Impact. He's, he was doing all these shows, but he wasn't really defending the title. So you kind of forgot about that. And now we're back post-G1. Juniors are back in the mix. And now he's starting to kind of pick back up. And like you mentioned, the, probably the more Western style of thing would be like flashing graphics. So yeah, you know, he's v He's this. You know, he's this close. But... I think sometimes New Japan, like, they, they try to, like, make it a little subtle, maybe make you forget it about it a little bit, so when it's the right time to really kind of drive it home and he's closer, maybe they'll do that. And so, yeah, I, I think it's a thing where, yeah, he's probably going to end up still being champion in Tokyo Dome. I think he's going to either break the record or, like you mentioned, like, be one away from the record and you have somebody stop him. So I definitely think that story is still at play going forward. So uh, moving on to the next matchup here, the the main event. What everybody came for, the IWGP World Heavyweight Title Lumberjack Death Match. The champion Sonata retains and defeats Evil in twenty eight minutes and one second. Yeah, Evil showed up looking like he's ready for winter in Calgary, man, with that bite. <laughs> he showed up rocking that bison skin. Yo, Evil must be making a grip on those t-shirts because bison skin is not cheap, I'll tell you that. So, <laughs> you know, he, he came out, you know, Okada comes out wearing a robe full of money. That robe, I will tell you, if that's real bison skin, he's 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 rocking a couple thousand dollar uh, <laughs> a couple of thousand dollar robe right there. Looked like he was uh, ready for, you know, being Game of Thrones or something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, GOT versus HOT. 
Oh man. Yeah, yeah. Sonata and Sonata came out looking like Sonata. Nothing, uh, well, nothing he, new. At least he, he, he wore the team. robe finally. I feel like he hasn't yeah, wore the robe the whole tour. Yeah, yeah. It's only for special special occasions. <laughs> House is larger than a thousand people. <laughs> but you know, so House of Torture was on some some real gang, some real gang turf war type of stuff here because. Full strength Taka, Tai Chi, Yuya, and Duki are no match for Yujiro Takahashi, Dick Togo, and friends. Like they can't manage them at full strength. It's <laughs> it's it's clear. The House of Torture is too much for, for just five guys. This is a one sided uh this is a one sided battle here. Um, you know, what do you think the over under? Uh, FanDuel was for for ref bumps in this match because I I don't know they they should have put it very high because yeah it, <laughs> it it was comical <laughs> the uh, <laughs> amount of ref they, bumps there's four there's four refs and they all got bumped more than <laughs> more than <laughs> once what is <laughs> yeah like, literally they, they rolled out every like main roster New Japan referee. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? And I still feel like the crowd wasn't wasn't hot for it. Like the crowd was was pretty mild. I, like I won't say they weren't into it because there were definitely moments where the crowd was into it. You know, like uh, Evil put the sharpshooter, um, Evil put the sharpshooter on Sonata, and the crowd they started making a little bit of noise. They started ooing and eyeing. Um and you know the the final the final closing stretch. Um, had people excited, but there we weren't getting a ton of sanada, sanada, um, and you know, you know, we got a little bit of fire from from sanada. I, I, the match was okay. Like despite everything that happened, it was it was just kind of like chaos and like how I was actually surprised at like how else are they going to beat up a ref or how else. Are, is is this pin going to get broken up? Um, it was it was quite uh, you know. I will say this about Dick Togo: the guy has got great timing for <laughs> yanking those yanking those refs out of uh, out of the ring. Um, so yeah, that's you know at least Sonata won a year's supply of rice vinegar at the end of it. <laughs> Yeah, man, this match had all the gimmicks, like you mentioned, multiple ref bumps, and the thing with the crowd, like, yeah, like, also, they, they were reacting to some stuff, there were some boos, but like you mentioned, like, it, it wasn't visceral, like, there wasn't this, like, ground swell, there wasn't these loud sonata chants, like, the crowd, they weren't, like, living and dying with every, you know, move these guys are doing, and... Um, you know, and the whole point of this lumberjack match was to have just five guys out there. Like that was Sonata's whole plan. It was like, all right, my team will be out here to counteract the other team. But I feel like it took forever for just five guys to like get in the mix. Like we had all these ref bumps and like how the torture's like beating the crap out of Sonata. I'm like, where the, re- <laughs> the refs, the one ref 
uh, Kenta Sato or whatever his name is, can hold back five professional wrestlers um, <laughs> while behind his back, Sonata is getting stomped by five dudes. Um, it's a don't it's. It's totally ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. Like, toss the ref aside. Go and save your friend. Like, right. Or even some of the points where like Sonata was thrown to the outside, and those guys were jumping him. Like, run around. Like, what do you like? You don't. You don't have to wait unless they, that's their rules to like attack the person. Like, you should be able to like go out there make the save. Like, so I felt like there could have been more fire on that side of things with those guys who are kind of really standing up for Sonata and kind of fighting off. How the torture, and I know that this has kind of become like the great debate in the New Japan fan base on whether or not how the torture is actually good, whether or not it's good heat, whether they're getting reactions, X Y Z. And here, here yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah, I I think it's I think it's fair to to have that discussion, but I think for most people's like at least the vast majority of Western fans sensibilities and like this it doesn't kind of not maybe it's not for us but like we don't like it and i i think from the reactions even on the booing side it wasn't it wasn't white hot like remember we talked two weeks ago there was one guy in the crowd booing, right <laughs> yeah and so we are um <sighs> I just don't know how long the shtick can go on at, you know, at the top of the card. I, I think it's, you know, I think it peaked like the, you can't put them back at the top of the card at, like for a long time. And I knew that they weren't like evil was relegated to the bottom of the card for like two years, almost like ever since he lost the title, he wasn't sort of at, the, at the top of the card, they were house of torture. They were shitting it up at the at the bottom of the card, and nobody could be fussed because they were having dog cage matches and stuff where like you didn't have to pay attention and you weren't didn't have to be emotionally invested mm-hmm. in in the outcomes. Um, but when there are world titles and the prestige of the organization, um, and like even for a even for a fan you want to be somewhat proud of that high-end match, right? You want to say, this is the New Japan uh, World Championship, and that belt has a standard. It's always had a standard, and those matches are the stuff of legend. It is what people talk about. It's what people used to hunt for tapes and DVDs. They used to do all this type of stuff, Um, and this is not a match what that anyone would ever, you know, desire to search out for. Only the true sickos <laughs> would be looking for this match on DVD. Um, and so I think for all the talk that this match is a referendum on Sonata's reign, like they were saying in the commentary, you know, I think we can't have that reflection until after January 4th. You know, I'd like to look back on Sonata's reign in its entirety. And without that Naito match, I don't think you can fully judge um, judge his reign. You know, from a from a business perspective, I, you know, I don't think you can expect Sonata to deliver Okada numbers. I don't think that's fair. 
Um, because like when you remember like the move to strap up Sonata in the first place was part of this like strategic shape up, shake up that NJPW was doing right post pandemic. They're like, okay, we're going to take this time. We're going to elevate a whole crop of new competitors. We're going to diversify the top title scene. Um, and so like, I think the Naito match is, is key is a key is the bookend for Sonata's title reign. And I don't think we can fairly judge it until, until that one goes. Cause if he has a 35 minute banger with Naito um, and it's draws all the emotions out of everybody um, and you have that, you know, and even business wise, you can't look at it until you see what the Tokyo Dome numbers are. Because if Sonata at the top of the card draws a big old, big old house with, with Naito, you know, that's that's part of the equation. Yeah, I, I do think uh, Sonata and Naito will be a good draw. There's a, there's a lot of Lij sickos out there that will you know be all about that and want to see them have that match. But before we talk about that, I, I, this this main event, let me wrap up my thoughts here. Yeah. Uh, so to to all the people out there who love the House of Torture style of match, you know, I'm I'm happy for you. I'm glad that you, you you got the type of match you want. Good for you, but I don't know. It, it, it's not for me. Been been doing this show now since the end of 2017, and to look back at all the great IWGP Heavyweight slash World Title matches that we've reviewed over the years. I'm I'm talking about your your Kenny Omegas versus Kazuchika Okada's your your Kazuchika Okada's versus Zack Sabre Jr., uh, your Shingo Tatagi versus Will Ospreay. Like, the list goes on and on of all the these classic, great, world heavyweight title matches that we've seen, we reviewed. Like you mentioned, MJ, there some of those old Okada Tanahashi stuff, people are, were, before there was NJPW World, um, you know, before the, the rise of streaming, and you know, people, are, like you mentioned, tape traders, they're, they're searching, they're begging. You, you had the whole Ustream thing. Like, people were, were doing what they could to see some of these matches, seeing some of these epic world IWGP heavyweight title matches. There, there's a style. There's something. That's, that's what New Japan is built on. These, these great, epic main events, these classic style matches for the top prize, you know, in the in other parts of the card, yeah, you could have your funny Gaga, you could have your Toroyano um, doing his thing, you could have your Taguchi, you know, shoving stuff up his butt or whatever. But when it came to the main event, when it came to the IWGP heavyweight title, you you knew what you're in for. You knew you were gonna see a classic bout. You knew you were gonna see. Two of the best wrestlers in the world facing off in claim to try to win the richest prize in this sport. And this main event that they presented this morning was not that. And I'm sorry. Like, you can say all the good stuff you want about evil and the booing and some of the reactions. Like, this match, like you mentioned, this is a match. Like, if this match was for the KOPW title, I'd have been like, you know what? It was fine. Wacky, goofy, KLPW title uh, on the the undercard of a destruction show. Fine. But no, 
This is Ryogoku Sumo Hall. You can look back at some of the, the epic classics that happened in Sumo Hall, some of the great tile defenses that happened on Destruction Tours. Like, this this was no Kenny Omega versus Tomohiro Ishii. And, and I, I know people might say, oh, well, that's, that's kind of played out. You got to try something new. But I'm sorry. When something's hitting, when you have the magic formula, you don't have to try something new. Do you see McDonald's coming out here trying to reinvent the Big Mac? Like, yeah, they might do some seasonal kind of gimmick, but at the end of the day, their their top draw is the Big Mac, and that's what they're pushing. Like, you don't come out here and reinvent the wheel. It's the IWGP World Title. Hulk Hogan said it best. It's not a toy. It's not a trinket like other world titles. This is supposed to be the top title in professional wrestling in the top professional wrestling promotion in the world. And that's not what this title has been treated like, especially with this feud with evil. Um, I I thought this was a disgrace uh, in the the legacy of great world title matches. And, you know, I, I thought this was even worse than the evil Naito stuff in 2020. And that was bad enough. And I think the thing that made that work was the fact that the crowd was so behind Naito. You did have those those visceral Naito fans that just wanted to see him beat Evil so bad, but you don't have that same kind of support that Naito had um, for Sonata. It's just not there. And so you, you lack that. You throw in all this, this shenanigans, the four ref bumps, Red chooses down, Kendall Sato, Marty Asami, like all these guys are out. Just five guys, barely fighting back. The, the garrote wires, the low blows, Dick Togo pulling the ref out at two. I'm just like, and I get it. That's their stick. Maybe I shouldn't be bothered by it. Maybe I should just kind of be like everybody else and pretend that, you know, this is fun. This is entertainment. Like, no. Like, if I want to watch goofy world title matches, I'll, I'll turn on AEW right now. Because their world title scene is not much better right now. Um, and I, I really hope that this is the the end of whatever that they're doing with the world title here in New Japan. And this whole Sonata Naito stuff can kind of get us back on track. Preach! <laughs> Preach! <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. You know, I, I and I felt like I was being a little bit too negative a couple of weeks ago. So I, <laughs> I, you know, I, I put it down. I was trying to find the positives. I didn't want to be a negative Nancy. So thank you, Jeremy, for perfectly encapsulating what, um, you know, us as the Western fan. And you know, I'm pretty sure that there are. Japanese fans, Eastern fans who who feel exactly the same way. There is no way, no chance that you could fill up any arena with evil at the top of the card doing what they're doing. Um, and you know, it's it's the it is the same shtick over and over again. It is tiresome. It is it's you know it's even lost. It loses its heat because it's repetitive. Mm-hmm. And it and it's um, there's there's just nothing else there, so I agree and I'm you know I'm with you where it's you know 
thank goodness we are putting this behind us because it is. It is not reflective of what that those four letters IWGP are mean. Because when you talk about IWGP championship matches, what you think of is quality. Mm-hmm. That is what that is what this product is. If above anything else, it is quality. And that's kind of what attracts most of us to this product. Um, because it's not like it's not the weekly episodic TV where you're following it every Wednesday night or every Monday or whenever you're watching your TV. Um, this is a you're watching a different product and you're watching these, even these Corican shows, or even at the, uh, you know, whatever cultural gymnasium, Hyogu Prefecture, um, you know, community family center <laughs> that they're doing these shows in, and when all the lights are on and you can see everybody around there, it's not a atmosphere that's conducive to like, like television right like you're not showing this kind of stuff on a on a tv um but we still sit here and watch it because of the quality um and this you know this this match was not quality it's not i don't even know how this kind of this idea gets past the fictional IWGP activity <laughs> um, or like the folks that are, are, you know, behind the business, like, like even the business guys, like if you're still struggling to sell tickets, like why are you putting this at the top of your card? It's, right, yeah. it, it's crazy. Like, you know, I know that they are, and they're, it's, I would imagine that they're fairly conservative company, mm-hmm. like when the things that they do. So with, Gato taking chances or uh, taking chances like strapping up Sonata. We're going to, we're going to change what's happening at the top of the card. Um, and then some of the other stuff they're being very conservative with not pushing Narita, not pushing Shota, like having these guys in stasis a little bit because they are maybe the risk, their appetite for risk um, and like disruption within their, organization is is lower than it would be for us as like western fans who are used to you know chaos week to week like if you were a wwe fan like (laughs) this is like a natural course of action right (laughs) whereas in like new japan there are um there are things that are very consistent um they are not um they don't do a ton of like swerves and like double swerves and all that kind of stuff so um it's not they're not, uh, you know, they're not dripping in angles every, every, every tour. Right. Um, and so, yeah, like I, I do hope that this is the last we've seen of this iteration of house of torture at the, at the top of the, of the card. And, uh, we can go back to, um, well, I can anyways, um, <laughs> going back to skipping, um, their matches, um, <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, it's just one thing, you know, like, I feel like we've been talking about this um, in the Largo Loop group chat today. It just feels like all across wrestling, we have a bunch of bad world champions between Sonata, MJF, and and Roman Reigns. And the one thing with New Japan, like, if stuff is going wrong in the Western world, like, you could always hang your hat on the IWGP title matches, what's going on in that scene um, and, and now it's it's right up there for all the hot mess that's going all across all of wrestling 
right now. Um, and, and you know, the, the stuff that brought people to the buildings that, that sold, you know, pre pandemic, what was, you know, putting butts in seats, Okada versus Tanahashi, Okada versus Naito, Okada versus Omega, Omega versus Naito. Like those were the things that were bringing people. That's why we all watch new Japan. That's why, you know, we all take January 4th off and we, we watch wrestle kingdom. Like that's the kind of stuff we came here for. That's what attracted um, so many people to this product. And that's what new Japan's built its name on, built its legacy on. Um, so, you know, to, to the fans out there that, 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 that love this match, that love the Hell Torch style again, I say, I'm, I'm happy for you. I glad you got what you want, but I know that me and MJ are not the only ones who enjoy the traditional style, the, the, uh, a classic main event style that new Japan was built upon. And I think that's what the promotion needs to go back to, to, to sell buildings out, to draw money to have full houses, they need to be doing more of that and less of whatever this was. Amen. <laughs> uh, so let's go through some questions here. Uh, front of the show, Zach Porter says, will Josh actually watch the main event? I don't know. If I was him, I would not. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Josh, if you're listening, I, I, won't, I won't blame you if, you if you don't go back and watch this match. <laughs> yeah shout out shout out to zach uh zach and i uh chat on uh instagram about hockey uh, nice. often so shout out to zach uh rainbow and slang pigs says has there ever been a long tag team who broke up and had less chemistry while feuding than sonata and evil yes showing yo, yo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, Death Triangle 720, how do you think New Japan can make the Wrestle Kingdom main event feel special? Uh, well. Not have four ref bumps, not have LIJ and just five guys running all around the ring and in the match and pulling red shoes out of the ring. Yeah, that, yeah, no gimmicks, please. The gimmick needs to be the traditional world championship match. I will even take a 40 minute match. I know that we were complaining about the, the world title scene going too long and that, you know, Sonata had shortened it, shortened that down a little bit, which is another like move strategic move by the organization um, that is, you know, catering to a certain noisier group of fans that are saying, man, these, these 45 minute matches, like the 45 minute matches with like Jay White and stuff, like it's kind of tough to get through. You know, let's have them shorter, a little bit faster. Um, so hopefully, want to see something with uh, with pace. I want something to sink my teeth into. I need to be emotionally invested in the outcome of this match. And for me, as a Naito guy. I'm not that much of a sicko where <laughs> I am fiending for a roll call at the Tokyo Dome. I don't know why this is the key thing. It feels like that is more important than winning the title for me a little bit. Um, that, and that's weird. Uh, but I, you know, I want Naito to have a, a run. 
I want him to be the champion. I want him to to defend against a whole whack of people, have a year-long run because he deserves it. He got cut off at the knees, you know, the first first go around. Um, and um, I think he really um, – he can make it exciting. You know, I think the fans are still behind him, and I think this he needs it for – his legacy. He's already a, he's already going to be a Hall of Famer. He's already the the best merch guy on the planet. You know, let this guy have a real legitimate run with that title and bring some prestige back to the top of the card because Ellen Gobernable is going to do that. Yeah, I think there's you know all all the history and backstory there to make this feel special. There's a lot of kind of personal animosity here with. Sonata leaving LIJ, starting his own faction, winning the world title out Naito. Um, so there's a lot to play in here. Like we mentioned, the, the LIJ fan base is, is rabid. I, I think if they tell a story correctly here, play it out, you can do some good preview matches with just five guys against LIJ. I think those will be some fun matches. You'll have you can have Yuya and, and uh, Suji mix it up in those matches. I think there's a lot of stuff you, cool stuff you can do yes. with both, yes. fa- both factions going against each other. Um, but yeah, I, I think all the pieces are there to make this a, a compelling story. Um, but I, I think it's going to be, you know, what's what's going to happen when the bell rings? And I think these guys, they they have the tools to have a great match, and we just got to see if they're they're going to do it come January fourth. Yeah, and I I love the idea of an Lij just five guys uh, feud. Give me Hiromu versus Doki. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Give me that. I would love. I you know what. Have that be one of his one of Hiroma's defenses coming up. You know, let Doki shine, man. Yes, Doki's the man. Uh, let's see. Next question here from Everything is Evil, Doctor Lariat. Uh, he says, "Icky men are who always have been the major draws for New Japan of all the Reiwa generation. Which handsome boy is going to go the furthest? I honestly think Yuya is the most attractive and will be the Tanahashi to Gene Blast Nakamura." Yeah. Yeah, they're they are very handsome gentlemen. Let me tell you, they have a they've got a good looking crop of kids. Um and you know who who's got the highest ceiling? I I wanna say you know, Suji's the easy pick. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think uh I think Shota probably has the highest long-term ceiling. Um, I need to see more from, from Uemura, you know, being, being good looking and, and, and built isn't, uh, isn't it, you know, you need, you need the Suji charisma. You need something special about you. Um, otherwise you're just, you're, you're Sonata, right? Um, you're, uh, you're a four tool player rather than a five tool player. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. For me, right, I'm I'm a, I'm a Suji guy right now. Um. So far, out of all the guys coming back, he's displayed everything that you, you need. Um. So yeah, I, I'm full stock on him right now. Uh. He also asks, "What do you think Stupid Sexy Sonata will do post title run?" Well, we talked about this before, and we'd love to see him back in the in the tag division. Um. Maybe tagging with Yuya now that he's there and because I want to see Tai Chi 
in some singles runs. But if we get a if we get a Sonata Taichi, you know, Brochachos uh, <laughs> situation, I I'm also here for that as well. I think Sonata will do better in in the tag team division. Um, I know that may relegate just five guys a little bit as a faction, um, but you know. I think uh, I think it's kind of necessary. It's a necessary thing for for that group. Um, they had an opportunity, and uh, you know they they put all their all their cards in in Sonata's basket, right? And he, um, the rest of the the rest of the guys haven't haven't been elevated with him. You know, um, I think we were all hoping for for Suji to. Um, to have a or not Suji, sorry, uh, Doki to have a uh, you know a resurgence here. Uh, I think we were hoping to see you know Tai Chi you know blossom a little bit more, but uh, you know some of these things got cut off in this in this House of Torture feud, right? Mm-hmm. Everything got paused. So um, yeah, that's that's what I'm hoping for, anyways. Yeah, I think the the real test of whether or not this push worked for Sonata is is what's going to happen post title run. Because we saw what happened with Evil in 2020. He lost a belt and plummeted down to the mid-card opening of shows. And this was the first time that Evil's been back in a, a big main event like this since then. Um, so the real things can get the follow-up. Like, is once I loses the belt, like, is what was done going to be enough to sustain him to have top-of-the-card feuds going forward? Or is he going to tumble back down and be in the mid card, be the same old Sonata that we're used to, just that he's wearing, you know, just five guys colors? Yeah, I think the challenge with Sonata is that for him, he had that. The, the story that he, was, that he was telling was like, I have hit rock bottom. I am losing to a bunch of guys I shouldn't be losing to. And Tai Chi, like, lifts him up and and awakens something inside of him so he's told that like he's had that narrative arc so i don't think you can go back to that type of of a story where he needs to climb up from the bottom i think he needs to be at a level where he's a zach saber jr level right where he's always a credible threat can always beat anybody at any time and he gets hot and goes on a run and can compete for a major title um, or hold hold a u.s title and elevate it that's going to be that's going to be the test for sonata and his career who he is as a professional wrestler for the rest of his you know for the rest of his days is is he a top of the card player is he a guy that can carry a belt um and have great programs um and put butts in seats whether it's the top top draw or as one of these secondary belts um can he do that um because i don't think he can go um you know he can't do the do the drake started from the bottom um <laughs> situation again yeah uh some, some questions here from the dark soldier it says uh jay white has stolen the aw belt from mjf should Max learn from Sonata and not care that his belt was taken from him? <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a weird thing that's happening right now. And like, why? Jay White doesn't even seem like the kind of type of guy that is a belt stealer. Um, <laughs> but like, I don't know. Did he do it in New Japan? Um, Did he steal people's belts in New Japan? 
I I can't really. I mean, I'm sure he's like held a title, like laid out Okada and held a title over him, but he never like yeah took it until he won. Yeah, it. kept it captive and pretended he was like uh, he was the champion. Like this is a direct ripoff of what Evil is doing. Like, is Evil like the influencer? The pro- <laughs> is he the catalyst of pro wrestling? Uh, maybe maybe he is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he also asks, would you say Kanamaru's heel turn is one of the top 10 anime betrayals? Uh, anime betrayals? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I like anime, but I'm not deep into the game like that. I can't pull references out like that. Like, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll watch a good one, but like, yeah. Is it a top 10 betrayal for me? Maybe. Maybe a bottom 10. There's probably been a, I could probably, if I thought about it, could think a bunch, a bunch more top betrayals. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I, me, I don't like, know where it ranks, but I mean, it was definitely a, a great, the whole angle was great. You know, young boy's mind was blown. We were all blown, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that they, they worked, uh, you know, a serious injury, used, used the black and white lie to Mark to, to trick us and, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a really good betrayal. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next question here. He says, um, talking about being lu- talk about lucky, being lucky. Just five guys is had you not gotten the pink slip in Impact, he'd still be there, and the group would remain just four guys. Had Kanamaru not turned heel, it could have been just six guys. Funny, ain't it? Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm not sure that I understand the question. I don't know if there's some deep references. In yeah, there I, I, I think he's just man. playing off of dumb wrestling logic. Like, if Yuya doesn't get fired, like he doesn't get to be the fifth guy. So, would there actually be a, fi- a fifth guy? Would there be four guys? But then, if Kanemaru doesn't turn and Yuya gets fired and comes over, then there's six guys. Like. There's all this kind of like dumb wrestling logic that you could play with if you, if you wanted to. <laughs> there certainly is. And like, you know, we're, we're grown men talking about these fantastic <laughs> stories. Like my wife looks at me like, you are just like, how do you, how do you do this? How do you, how do you watch these things? Are you, you seriously have to spend five hours watching wrestling today? I was like, no, I'll put it on like 1.5 speed, and it will be not as <laughs> it will not be five hours. And so it's yeah, dumb wrestling logic. It's hilarious. It's what we it's what we're into this this fantastic sport for. Um, but yeah, the the numbered the number in just five guys. Why can't they be just just guys, just some guys, <laughs> you know, and like. <laughs> Just a couple of but, but just then, a couple but, of guys. Then they a couple of guys. Then they can't couple do the, of beer. <laughs> then they can't do the griff. They can't, you know, put out new shirts, you know, drop a member, sell the old shirts, get another member, bring back the new shirts. Like Yeah. It's, it's all a griff. Yeah. It is a big griff. <laughs> I, I believe I believe that wholeheartedly. Uh Rambo and Slab Pick says, On paper, this card didn't look like the most exciting, but I feel like it mostly delivered minus three matches. Main event, Loa Owens, Tonga Finley. Did the juniors save this card? I felt the junior tag match way over-delivered, as did the junior title three-way. Yeah, the junior matches are, you know, they rarely under-deliver. 
and maybe that's a maybe that's a function of like expectations just not being set uh, except for like a Hiromu match has certain expectations that come with it but yeah the this card definitely you know was was pretty good um i'm surprised you didn't like like finley and, and tamatonga or you know is is that a i don't know i haven't been online today so i don't know how people feel is this like a common uh is this a common sentiment uh i don't i haven't seen a ton of people mention that matchup i know people are just kind of over finley in, in general and not not really big on his um his heel turn and what he's been doing lately and i know yeah a lot of people are not really into the whole him and, and tamatonga feud so um yeah I'll, I'll look and see what people other people are saying yeah, uh, I mean, I fear I understand that, but I think I think Finley can do it. Like I, I feel like this match, this match delivered. Like for what, like for what David Finley is trying to do, um, to be this like savage and like vicious guy, he's sort of achieving that, and like putting on a pretty entertaining match while having this like this hard hitting, you know, plunderish type of match. So, I don't know. I'm I'm surprised. I'm surprised that uh, that he's low on that, but, you know, um I I enjoyed it. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. O- overall, I mean, this was a fine card. Like this is not a, a show of the year candidate. I probably won't remember this show uh, a few months from now. Um so yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Like on paper, it wasn't that great. I did think, yeah, that the junior three way was really good. The the junior tag was really good. I thought the never six man. I think for me, the never six man is probably my match of the night on, on this card. Um, so there's def- there was definitely some stuff on here. I feel like the card could have been um, trimmed down a bit. Uh, like, did we need you know Lij versus United Empire round twenty? Um, I I get wanting to kind of debut your Yuamura ahead of time, but could you not just have debuted him like at the end and totally agree? Cut, cut that agree match. Totally. Um, so there, there was some fluff that could have been cut. Um, but yeah, just just kind of uh, you know a C a C show that is not going to really be remembered besides having a horrible main event. Yeah, um, that's that's really what it will be known for. It's having one of the the worst IWGP title mat heavyweight title matches of all time yeah um and so like i mentioned earlier there is going to be a, a press conference to japan's holding um tonight at 2 a.m eastern so like i said by the time this audio comes out the press conference would have happened but likely announcements they'll probably you know do the official wrestle kingdom 18 announcement which uh, we forgot we're so busy talking about the match we forgot to mention post-match naito did come out come face to face with sonata and they pretty much made the match official, you know, Naito versus Nada, meaning we're probably not getting a, a title match um, at Power Struggle. But yeah, the press conference will probably make that match, you know, official. Um, we'll probably get the the teams for Super Junior Tag League as well as the schedule. We'll get the full card for Royal Quest Three, and then we'll probably get the rest of the card for Fighting Spirit Unleashed, um, as well as maybe some matches for Power Struggle. So stay tuned for that press conference, and uh, we'll, we'll cover all that stuff uh, next week on the show. Um, and next week, we will be reviewing Royal Quest Three. As of this recording, we only have five matches. 
uh, just five matches. <laughs> uh, El Desperado versus Trent Seven. Yota Suji versus Luke Jacobs. Eddie Kingston, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Michael Oku versus Hanare, Jeff Cobb, and TJP. Tomohiro Ishii versus Shingo Takagi. And what I'm guessing is going to be the main event, the IWGP US slash UK heavyweight title match Will Ospreay defends against the NJPW World TV champion Zack Sabre Jr. NJ, thoughts on the, the matches that we have so far? This is a card. This is a sick card already. Like, you know, these five matches, I'm ready to tune in. Now, how do we tune in to this one? Is it going to be, do we have to pay for this one? Yeah, so this is going to be airing on RevPro On Demand. So if you want to watch the show live, yeah, you have to order the, the RevPro streaming service, and then it will be up on NJPW World probably a week or two after uh, the show happens. All right. Well, maybe I'll have to, uh, maybe I'll have to drop some, uh, drop some pounds on <laughs> the, uh, on the UK stream. So this, this looks sick. Um, you know, Osprey's saber is going to be, uh, going to be fire. Suji, Luke Jacobs. I haven't, I haven't seen Luke Jacobs wrestle before, but all I've heard is are good things. So yeah, Luke, Luke Jacobs is dope. Uh, him versus Ishii from Rev Pro um, and the show before, uh, all in, incredible, like great stuff. So him and Suji is gonna that they're gonna tear, tear the house down. Ishii and Chingo, we know what they can do. Like they're gonna tear the house down, and we know what Osprey and Saber can do. Uh, so yeah, this card is looking really great. And and you know what? Like I know people like to kind of shit on Trend Seven, but him and Desperado are. I would say don't sleep on that match because Desperado is a sicko, and uh, and I've seen Trent Seven have some really good matches in uh, like uh, uh, WWE UK, like um, and he was he was in a tag team, right? For yeah, a long uh, time. Mustache, Mustache Mountain with uh, Tyler yeah. Bate. That they and they had banger matches too. So um, you know, I think uh, hopefully he comes in 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 fighting shape, ready to go with uh, with Despy and. Uh, and you know, don't sleep. Yeah, I mean, Trent Seven's like Despy in the fact that they won't fear risking their bodies to, to have a great match. He's taken some crazy bumps over his career, so yeah, both these guys, I could see them doing some wild stuff to uh, have a really fun match. Well, that's going to take us into the news. Um, so we had it made official that uh, Eddie Kingston will be defending the strong openweight title against Hanare. At Fighting Spirit Unleashed, as well as Julia will be defending the NJPW Strong Women's Championship against Hyann. So that's uh, Fighting Spirit Unleashed, October 28th in Las Vegas. We had some names announced for the Texas tapings coming up for the Texas show, uh, Lone Star Shootout. So uh, John Moxley, Tetsuya Naito, Mystico, David Finley, Kenta, and Ultimo Guerrero have all been announced for the November 10th show in Garland, Texas. Uh, Walker Stewart, who we've uh, talked about on this show and kind of talked about his role as English commentator, he announced officially that he will debut as an announcer on the 1028 Fighting Spirit Unleashed show in Las Vegas. So looking forward to his debut. He'll be calling the show with Beta Scott and then uh, I believe going forward, he'll be uh, heading to Japan and uh, covering uh, English commentary uh, for New Japan going forward. 
Uh, like I mentioned earlier, Josh Alexander will face Will Ospreay the day after Bound for Glory at the Bound for Glory fallout on October 22nd at Cicero Stadium in Chicago. If Alexander wins at Bound for Glory, it will be a world title match. And then last piece of news here, on October 14th at MLW Slaughterhouse, our good friend Rocky Romero will face the MLW middleweight champion Akira. The strategic partnership in action. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, then last few questions here from the Dark Soldier, and we'll wrap things up. Um, so he says, guys, is it more likely that we have Adam Copeland, who we all know is Sex and Hardcastle, appearing on NJPW television to fight Okada, that it is to see both women's championships of NJPW appearing in NJPW programming? <laughs> dirty, dirty, <laughs> dirty question. Um, you know, Big Cope. Uh, I don't know if we'll be uh, we'll see Big, big Cope the at Cope? the Tokyo Dome. He's been he's been uh, he's been I wouldn't say dropping breadcrumbs, but like loaves of bread. Uh, Kojima size bread. Yeah, <laughs> trying to get uh, trying to get a booking. Um, I haven't seen a guy that thirsty for a booking. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, he's he's got some mutoism. Let's just say that he's trying to he's trying to match himself up with everybody at the top of the card. Um, but uh, yeah, no uh, rough question. I don't know what the answer is. I I mean if uh, I if you, if you don't, I mean, if he's not counting U.S. shows, I don't know. Also, like I mentioned, we're going to see Julia in high end at the end of this month. Um, but if he's not counting, he's, if he's talking like straight up domestic New Japan, I, I, I'm guessing maybe Wrestle Kingdom. We'll see the IWGP Women's Championship probably in, in the opener or in the pre-show. Yep. <laughs> what about the strong championship? Who knows? They, they aren't like aren't these titles on two of the greatest women's wrestlers out right now, like Mayu Iwatani and, uh, and Julia, yeah. like, aren't these the biggest draws in stardom? Aren't they the two like top draws? They're, the they're, they're two of the top stars. Um, yeah. You would think that, yeah, you would w- want to feature them more on shows and do bigger stuff. I mean, I, I'd be down for a champion versus champion at the dome. Uh, Julia versus a Mayu. Du- a double gold dash. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Also, asks why isn't Tom Lawler on any of the shows? Guy has charisma and talent, and employed as far as we know. Yet he's been completely absent. What's going on? I don't know. Money. Yeah, from from my understanding, um, with New Japan's financial uh, position, they've had a hard time. Bring in uh, more foreigners like they would normally do. They kind of have to pick and choose. And for whatever reason, Tom is just not a guy that they choose often. Uh, I thought it was kind of head scratching that they didn't bring him in for G1 um, and only bringing him in for those Independence Day shows. Uh, I think Tom's great. Um, I feel like he's he has a he 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 has a ton of opportunities to kind of get pulled from him due to sicknesses and injuries and stuff that doesn't out of his control. Um, so I think the guy just needs a break, whether it's in Japan or ends up being AEW. Uh, but yeah, he's definitely in. like we were talking about the never title. Like he's a great guy to to get in that never division. Yep, I'd like to see him in the New Japan Cup. See how he does. You know, he had a he had a great G one. Like he acquitted himself absolutely fine. De- deserved another 
deserved another run. Um, so let's hopefully, uh, you know, if they're if they're back in a position, if Sonata draws a huge house, you know, maybe maybe we'll see Tom Waller back in uh, in for the New Japan Cup. <laughs> yeah, let's get him in the Rambo. Let's get him a Tokyo Dome payday. Yeah, how about that? And uh, then he says to uh, end my question, can you guys please release a questions thread? Not so close to when you record. So many times when I remember, I have to send it in my questions. It's too late because it's barely two days to when you post it on Reddit. At least three days can be of help. Uh, yes, we will. We'll try better. But you know, it's one of those things where like the show was the main show that we're covering was today on Monday. So I wasn't really expecting people to have questions because the show happened today. Uh, so that's why I threw it up like after the show was aired. But once, depending on the timing, I will try to get the, the threads out there um, ahead of time. You can always also you can always email me. Barry Walsh emails me all the time. Jeremy at SoSuitbox.com to get questions in. Also, we have a Discord channel or Discord daddy right here. MJ, will, he will welcome you. You can drop questions in there all throughout the week, and we can add them to the rundown. Um, but we still will try and get the Reddits up there uh, too. Yeah, as well. you don't have to wait, baby. Come, come on the Discord. <laughs> well, that's gonna wrap it up. We're uh, we're gonna push off uh, recommended match of the week um, until Josh comes back, and uh, actually he might be out for next week show as well. But um, I do have a, a guest lined up for us next week as well. Uh, Suit Williams from Voices of Wrestling uh, will be joining me next week. We will review Royal Quest Three, and we will preview. Super Junior Tag League, uh, MJ. Thank you for uh, coming in, filling in, and taking your Thanksgiving day um, to to be here. Hopefully, you don't get too much heat with the wife and the kids. I, I saw them doing a, a run in, uh, giving you some love. So hopefully, there's there's not too much heat on you from this. No, hopefully not. And uh, you know, thankful to be here. Um, always a pleasure. Um, hope to be back sometime soon. Definitely. Well, that's going to wrap things up for us here this week. Like I mentioned, next week we will review uh, Royal Quest 3. We'll preview Super Junior Tag League and cover all this news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So if you enjoyed today's show, please consider making a donation. Visit socialsuplex.com slash donate and click on the donate button under the Keeping It Strong Style logo. Make sure you connect with us on social media on X. The show is at KI Strong Style. You can follow me at Jeremy L. Donovan. You can follow the network at Social Suplex on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Social Suplex on Instagram at Social Suplex on Reddit. I'm the pro black guy just keeping a strong style. You can email me, Jeremy at Social Suplex.com. Check out all the other shows that we have here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, One Nation Radio, hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd. All Things Elite, hosted by Floyd Johnson Jr. and Austin Sumowitz. And there will be some new shows joining the network later this month. Uh, I believe there's going to be one that's going to start recording this week. So make sure you're subscribed to the network feed. You're not going to want to miss that out. It's going to be a familiar voice that's been on this show, uh, launching a show on the network. So you're going to want to make sure to check that out. should be probably coming out next week. So subscribe, support the network, support all the shows here. So don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating interview. And we will catch you next week on Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts. Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.